Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can dial toll-free. Bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. So lots to talk about tonight. Of course, your calls are the primary element. That's the point of the show. Let's start with those and go to Chris in North Carolina. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. What's going on, guys? Hey, Chris. What's on your mind today? I've got an interesting thing that I'm going to be doing this weekend that I was inspired by the gentleman up in uh, New Hampshire that uh, was recently arrested. I'm sure we all know who I'm talking about for uh, legally possessing a plant that we will call marijuana. Well, he was illegally but he was illegally possessing it, and that's why he was arrested. But oh, yes, I'm sorry. I, Andrew Carroll. possessing a plant. Andrew Carroll, a 18-year-old young man who had moved here as part of the Free State Project, which, of course, is a movement of uh, thousands of liberty-loving individuals all uh, gathering together in New Hampshire. He stood out in Railroad Square in Keene, New Hampshire, held some marijuana in his hands. Two cops came and arrested him, and his uh, arraignment happened last month. The trial is scheduled for May 1st, and so that's where we stand with that. And you were inspired by that. What are you going to do? Well, me and a few of my friends, I've concocted an idea that I think is just great. and It's the same premise, but it's going to take it a little bit step further to confuse mm-hmm. the police. So here's the plan. I'm going to get a box, just a plain old cardboard box that's rather shallow. Perhaps the lid to a cardboard box would be the proper idea to use here. And I'm going to take four chains, small dog chains, cut holes in the box, affix each chain to each side of the box, affix the chain to handcuffs, handcuff the box to four people, and then take another pair of handcuffs and handcuff us all to either trees or posts in the local park. Okay. We are going to have just a box, and we're going to be standing here, and we're going to have a few friends around videotaping us, okay? Another unknown assailant is going to come by, drop off a quarter ounce of marijuana in this box, and get back in his car and drive away. We don't have the keys to these handcuffs. We're standing there, and all of a sudden, marijuana has appeared. Mm. We're not physically holding it, but it's connected to us through handcuffs. <laughs> but we had no idea. Will all we right. be arrested? Well, it, but that, that's a good question. How long do you intend to stay there handcuffed? <laughs> I mean, as long as it takes for police to show up, what we're going to have somebody tip them off. What, what if somebody wants to come along and take your wallet? Well, we're going to have buddies there videotaping okay. the whole thing. I'm going to have a few guys standing around. So, if you're planning on being arrested, you probably shouldn't bring your wallet. Uh, if you, if you want, <laughs> I'm not do... going to have any important possessions on me. Uh, so, whatsoever. okay, more questions for you on this. It's an interesting idea. Are you planning on publicizing this in advance? I mean, beyond calling Free Talk Live, it's going to be blogged about uh, locally here, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to attempt to call some local places. We have a. Uh, you know, a free magazine down here. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Creative Loafing. Yeah. They're up. They come out every week. They're they're publicized, and they oftentimes will uh, take up the cost for small things like this. Yeah. So okay. we're going to let them know in advance. And uh, I, I think it's great. Two weeks. I think it's a great idea. What kind of uh, penalties are you looking at? It's obviously probably a misdemeanor well, possession charge. Under an ounce in North Carolina, and just so you know, I don't even smoke marijuana. I used to, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> Uh, I believe it, we're really just looking at a ticket for possession of uh, it's not intent to distribute, it's not in two separate bags, it's it's really just a ticket, that's all. 
what is going to prevent the police, let's say they get wind of what you're planning and mm-hmm. decide to show up, what's going to prevent the police from arresting your delivery man, the guy who's going to drop the marijuana off? Well, I'm going to have several people there, and the idea is if we have ten people around, nobody knows who has the pot. If we have several people all standing around in the circle, and all of a sudden the pot shows up, and everybody splits off except for the cameraman and drives away, I Uh, suppose the police could try, but I don't think they're going to be able to view it. And furthermore, I don't plan on announcing the exact time that it's going to happen. I plan on – the idea is to make sure – that we're all in place, nobody knows about it, they know that it's happening on this day or whatever, and we're going to have the pot dropped, and then someone's going to notify the police that these horrible men in the park are possessing marijuana. So so somebody's going to come drop the pot off, you're going to have multiple people around as that happens, so it won't be easily identifiable who the delivery man was, and exactly. then somebody's going to call the police and say, hey cops, there's somebody with marijuana in the park or wherever it is you're going to do this. Exactly. Got it. Neat idea. In in the uh, Andrew Carroll case, I can't believe the cops actually showed up. I, I you know, it's so silly. <laughs> they looked well, they like didn't they didn't think want they were to. Going to at first, did they? No, they were twenty five minutes late or so, twenty minute, twenty plus minutes late. Uh, so had a- Andrew just stood out there, made a quick speech, held out the marijuana, and then everybody had left, um, nothing would have ended up happening unless they decided to arrest him later. So they looked like they were in no rush to get there. I mean, they took their sweet time arriving. It wasn't like they pulled up on the side of the park and bailed out of the car and ran in. They just kind of wandered on up toward what was going on from fairly far off. So everybody had plenty of notice that the cops were were on their way, basically. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they respond down there in North Carolina. The only thing I'm jealous about is that you're not up here. Uh, I'd love to be. In fact, I'm planning on uh, coming up for Port Fest this okay. summer. Great, because it's. Is, uh, uh, there's I'm, an, I'm trying to convince the old lady. You know, it, it looks beautiful. Can you? What, what's Port Fest about exactly? Uh, that's the Porcupine well, Freedom Festival. I'd start by not calling her an old lady. So <laughs> <laughs> get very angry. The, My uh, young, beautiful uh, woman. There, there we go. go. Wayne, how would you describe the Porcupine Freedom Festival? Prickly. That's cute. It's just a camping <laughs> camping thing. Yeah, it's, it's people hanging out out in the uh, the woods. And a lot of liberty-minded people all together enjoying one another's company. A little bit of speechifying, a little bit of uh, camp firing, and it's a good time. I highly recommend it. It's a great opportunity, especially to bring a family. If you've got a family, kids, that sort of thing, great, great opportunity to bring them all up to experience New Hampshire. So do you guys think that four people who didn't even bring the pot or have it or even touch it can be charged with possession? I don't know. I mean, if none of them is actually touching it, I'm not sure what the police will do. They may just come up, snatch the pot from you, and uh, and go away. Or maybe you'll get charged with conspiracy to possess marijuana. Who knows? Conspiracy to possess marijuana. I haven't heard of that one Honestly, yet, I'm I don't sure know. it exists. I don't know if that one exists either, but conspiracy charges do exist surrounding uh, marijuana distribution, so I'm not sure if there is one that uh, that surrounds the plan to uh, to possess the marijuana, but you'll find out. <laughs> That's the idea, right? Yeah. Well, more fun to you, man. Very courageous, and keep us in the loop, will you? How soon are you planning on doing this? Uh, What's that? Say that again. When are you planning on doing this? Uh, Two weeks. Two two weekends from now on a Saturday. Okay, that's close to uh, close to four twenty. Not quite two weeks away. That's about three weeks away. Uh, What what was four twenty following following this year? This month it's a Monday. Four twenty is a Monday. A Monday that could be doable. 
Well, if you've got any local colleges in town, it might be something where you'd want to go and promote it there. Maybe you'll you get see, to. That's, that's the thing, you know, and, and I don't know if it's the same in uh, different states, but I know in North Carolina, uh, if if you're possessing drugs on a schoolyard, then it automatically ups the charge. I don't know if it's still a misdemeanor or if it becomes a felony at that point, but if you're around a school, even let's say if I got pulled over on the side of the road, the cop pulled me over by a school and found a dime bag in my car, yeah. then the idea is he can take me to court and say I was trying to sell pot to school kids. Yep, drug-free school zone, uh, very familiar with those. They, I wonder if it applies to college campuses, though. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure. I, th- I think it's similar with parks, too, I believe, because, uh, you know, kids in parks. Right, you know. right. Yeah, parks, uh, schools, churches tend to be the areas where these school zones exist. that's where drug dealers really want to be slinging drugs is, yeah. uh, you know, a schoolyard. But I don't know about college campuses. I would think they'd have an exception for college campuses, knowing that drugs are all over the place there, but who knows? I would think the same thing. You could probably get a lot more people together on a quick basis, though, on a college campus. Maybe. You don't, don't put too much trust into the college kids as far as getting them to do anything for you it'll be amazing if you get five of them to show up hey thanks for the call dude good luck with your project it sounds pretty exciting and that's the kind of activism that we really need to be seeing more of i thank you sir 800-259-9231 i think more non-cooperation more civil disobedience is really something this country needs more of yeah this generation's of college kids just you know losers that don't want to do anything i mean Back in the, the late 60s, early 70s, you could whip up college kids for all kinds of activism. Not now. Toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. free bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231 that's the SACL CAI toll free line and it's Ian here with you and Wayne and Mark you can join us online at freetalklive.com all the features are completely free on the site so enjoy them freetalklive.com features including the wiki with over 1800 pages created by listeners just like you go to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive w i k i wiki freetalklive.com You dial in, you can talk about whatever you want. In the meantime, we'll tell you about some things that are interesting to us. And here's one that really stuck out of the news as pretty scary. Now, it hasn't come to pass yet, but it is legislation that has been proposed that would federalize cybersecurity. Key proposals, or rather key lawmakers, are pushing to dramatically escalate U.S. defenses against cyber attacks, crafting proposals that would empower the government to set and enforce security standards for private industry for the first time. Now, Wayne, you're a computer professional by trade. You deal with uh, network things and stuff like that, and so this may end up affecting your business. This may end up affecting... Internet service providers. It may end up affecting all kinds of people. The proposals in Senate legislation could be introduced as early as today, would broaden the focus of the government's cybersecurity efforts to include not only military networks, but also private systems that control essentials such as electricity and water distribution. At the same time, the bill would add regulatory teeth to ensure industry compliance with the rules. Congressional officials familiar with the plan said yesterday. 
Addressing what intelligence officials describe as a gaping vulnerability, the legislation also calls for the appointment of a White House cybersecurity czar. Another czar. With unprecedented authority to shut down computer networks, including private ones, if an attack is underway, the officials said. How industry groups will respond is unclear. The vice president for Center for Democracy and Technology, which represents private companies and civil liberties advocates, says that mandatory standards have long been the third rail of cybersecurity policy, saying regulation could stifle creativity by forcing companies to adopt a uniform approach. So instead of now they're saying it's all well, we're you know, we're only going to do this on essential systems like electricity and water distribution. But who's to say they won't just declare the Internet to be an essential system? We've already got politicians who are pandering to voters saying we deserve to have a right to Internet access. Right. I mean, but this is the point where we're at today, where politicians are, are basically trying to put the idea out there that, well, Internet access should be a right and everybody should have access to it. So if that's what they truly believe, then inevitably somebody's going to say, well, inter- the Internet is an essential system and this bill needs to cover it. So we're not far away here from the U.S. government preparing to set se- computer security policy. How scary is this? It's very insecure. If everyone has the same security, then it's easy to crack everything. Absolutely. Then it's a one-size-fits-all system, and as soon as the crackers have uh, have broken through that, it's over. I mean, don't the, don't the hackers uh, regularly uh, break the government's security? I mean, <laughs> they regularly break security. Period. It's what they do. I mean, that's fun for the hackers. It's it's fun for them to to get through existing security systems. Some really smart companies will hire hackers to try to break into their systems. And essentially report back to them and say, well, here's what I was able to do in this amount of time and with, with this process. And So federalizing security is going to make it even worse because there's, there'd be no competition anymore in securing things. Right now you can choose from different security standards for yourself that have developed over the years. And you can choose to use as much of it or as little of it as you want. But now if this bill comes to pass... And whatever it is, it morphs into down the line. Because remember, government programs always start one way, and then they end up a different way. They end up bigger and more intrusive and more oppressive than anyone who ever really originally created the program could have even envisioned. Well, so where will this go? Once the government's in charge of the security of the Internet, the government controls the Internet, and that's it. Yeah, and that's a really scary idea, too. And if the government decides that... A cyber attack is underway, then the new security czar will have the ability to just point at that network and say, shut it down. And that'll be it. So maybe, who knows what they'll even consider an attack. Yeah, but wait, you know, they already consider a, a one big cyber attack. The biggest cyber attack that they're afraid of is the one that's already uh, haunting them, which is the alternative media. They want to shut down the alternative media. This is the first step in it, really. It's an attack on the state, right? right. That's what I'm trying to suggest here is that we you may look at that language and say to yourself well it's only going to be used in the event of an attack sure. like somebody trying to shut down a secure a uh, another system there, there are like millions that. of attacks every week i mean there's attacks cyber attacks on the the pentagon from foreign countries this is this goes on all the time so it's true denial this, of service attacks yeah, and what's like this that? attack they're talking about it's not defined it's i mean i don't know i haven't read the legislation but but there, it could be whatever they want it to be. Right. But what I'm it saying is that there are constant attacks on, on virtually every network out there if you're vulnerable. And, and the government, the most powerful entities, the banks and the government, are basically attacked the most right now. Let's go to your phone calls. Talk to Chris, or rather Chad in Texas. Chad, uh, Chad you're on Free Talk Live. 
Chad in Texas. Hey, what's up? Hey, you're on the air. All right, great. Uh, it's great to talk to you guys. I listen to you guys all the time. Great, Chad. What's on your mind tonight? Um, well, uh, <clears throat> I was just on surfing the internet, and uh, a lot of the time uh, I use Xquick now as opposed to Google because, and I don't know if you guys ever listened to the Catherine Albrecht show. She's on GCN a lot too, and uh, she recommends using Xquick because they advertise as being a search engine that does not record your IP address. Uh, okay. They're supposed to be the most private uh, search engine on the Internet, and uh, I think everybody should use that instead of Google uh, because we obviously know Google is involved in you know selling your search information, and it's very easy to stalk you and things like that on the Internet if you use something like that. It's easy to stalk somebody with, with Google? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, well, well okay, uh, Let's see. On the uh, on the Xquick site itself, uh, just as another example, um, AOL. It's possible to look at specific IP addresses and see what that IP address has been looking at on the internet. Right. So one of the things uh, people always complain about, you know, or when I'm arguing with somebody about, like, wow, well, what are you worried about? You know, why are you worried that somebody's looking at what you're looking at? You know, what's the big deal? What do you have to hide? And I always say, like, well. It's one thing to talk about someone like me just looking at whatever junk is on there. But another thing, when you're talking about someone that might have a business or, uh, you know, they're looking at, they're looking at information for investing. So are you saying that the, that anybody can go into Google and pull up somebody's IP address and look at their search history? I find that pretty hard to believe. Um, uh, no, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, I'm sure if you're skilled enough, you can do something like that. Uh, but let me, let me just say, uh, for, but let's, let's say, for example, uh, let's say, uh, I have information about, uh, my company and I'm going to say, and I know that like, uh, it's going to, the stock's going to go up soon. Uh, are we, is there some kind of privacy agreement we have with these people, uh, that may work for Google, for example, you aren't supposed to be using private information for their own game, but let's say you work at Google and you are able to monitor what you know the CEO of whatever blank company is doing on the internet. And we'll come yeah, back and talk about it. Hang on, Spell, real before you before you go, uh, real I X Q I C K I X Q I C K. All right, we're going to come back with more here. Uh, is is he being paranoid? Is it possible what he's talking about? Sure, it's possible. Is it likely? I don't know. Is it as likely that Xquick is lying? I don't know. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring Chad back talk to you about whatever you want. Free Talk Live. Government officials like to think they know better than the rest of us. They tell us what we can buy and when we can buy it. Everything from guns and booze to cold medicine and cigarettes. Now they've gone even farther. Cities across the country are now trying to tax and ban bottled water. That's right. Simple, no alcohol, no caffeine, no calorie bottled water. They say it's wasteful and buying it is, quote, stupid. But who are they to decide? If politicians decide you shouldn't even be able to buy bottled water, what's next? Visit us at enjoybottledwater.org and sign the petition to keep the nanny state out of our water bottles. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including the updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. 
If you're thinking about starting a small business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks. You can use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. 1-800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls, and we'll go to Chad in Texas. Uh, Chad, you're back on Free Talk Live. Now, you were telling us about a new website that uh, is out there trying to make a name for itself, Ixquick, I-X-Q-I-C-K.com. It's another search engine, and these guys are advertising themselves as being a completely private search engine in that they are not recording anyone's IP addresses that use the, the service. And you were talking about how a search engine like Google, for instance, does record this uh, information. It records uh, what websites you're going to, uh, to search on and probably records your IP address and who knows how many other things about you. Of course, one of the main sure. reasons they do it is so they can target advertising to your computer yeah. and possibly get you to click through on some of their advertisers so they can get paid. Uh, so that's the the motivation from what i understand but you're saying that there may be something more sinister going on you're saying there's a possibility that uh that even if that's their intention there may be some google employee that has uh, evil intent that's going to try to to uh, use uh, sabotage or, or to, to try to observe you uh, searching yeah, well, and use well, that to sabotage like, your business that's a hypothetical example for why it's not a good thing to use a search engine that records your yeah. information why why is that beneficial to you as a consumer you know for how to have anybody recording your information other than you it's like somebody well, it's like saying oh here you go you have access to what i'm thinking about 24/7 here you go that's no problem thanks for being such a good search engine i suppose it's beneficial <laughs> because uh, you you know up, up until now until this uh, ips quick um am mm-hmm. i saying it right x x quick x quick i x quick yeah um up until now well you know there hasn't been a search engine that hasn't done that so how do i know that x quick isn't lying to me well, uh, you can go on their uh, their thing, and they'll give you their whole spiel as to why they're not. And, I mean, obviously, here's another thing. Like, if they were, if they were lying to you and everybody found out, then their whole marketing ploy would fall apart. So well, they haven't given the EU privacy seal, Mark. So yeah, been... I mean, they, I'm, I'm pretty sure. You know, I mean, well, here's the thing. I mean, even if they're not that trustworthy, I mean, do you trust Google more? I mean, is that... I don't know. I kind of like Google. I mean... I like Google. I mean, they, they, they're they a little got too close to the Obama administration for me, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they, I think they, they've done good up till now. They've got some great products. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I always tell people, like, here's the thing. I understand, like, Google's a very good search engine. It'll give you good results and stuff, and uh, I have used it, even though I use it quick now. But I always tell people, like, well... Just if Ixquick can't deliver, obviously go to their competitor because this is a free market. And the way that the way I see it, and this is a point that Catherine Albrecht made, it, it's about uh, voting with your dollars and with your time. When you use Ixquick, you are basically saying, "Hey, I realize that Google might be a better product in this sense that it gives me good search results, but you're also saying, ultimately, though." I really want to be protected as a consumer. I want my rights protected, and I'm going to go with Ixquick. And that shows Google, like, hey, uh, if we want to keep our customer base, how long if we is, want to keep our advertising base, we got to quit this. How long has uh, Ixquick been around? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I heard about it a few months ago. It says here on their website, they, I really have a problem they've, with it. they've been around at least since June 2006 when they started to delete privacy data within 48 hours, so at least for a few years. So where are they yeah, based? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just wondering. Where are they based, caller? Um, 
I, I'm not sure. I'm just wondering uh, if you work for him. That's what I'm wondering. No, I, I don't work I mean, for him. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny yeah, to me how, how many times Ixquick, you've said Ixquick in, in the conversation where Ixquick has been thrown in. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? I'm, I'm just, if you know the CEO, I'd like to talk to him about advertising. That's all. Oh, um, no, uh, but Catherine Albrecht knows the CEO. She has him on her show a lot. Looks like it's in the Netherlands. Uh, got that information from their website. There you go. All right, Chad, thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Hey, if you're one of those privacy-concerned people out there, then this sounds like the it sounds like a great website for you. I, for one, am not too concerned. I mean, I'm pretty much out on Front Street with what I do, so it's not like I'm trying to hide anything. I'm not uh, plotting anything in secret, everything that we... Uh, that, People that are up here in New Hampshire are plotting, for the most part, is done wide out in the open on public Internet forums. So the last thing I'm concerned with is some government agent reading my searches. It doesn't. It just doesn't concern me. I can understand why it would concern some people, people that are uh, engaging in plotting things that they don't want other people to know about. Sure, use Xquick or use one of the other. I'm sure there are other private search engines out there. I doubt this is... I doubt this is the only one, and you're right, Mark. I I definitely had a red flag go up with that guy thinking mm-hmm. that uh, maybe he was a stockholder or something like that. Uh, but what he's saying isn't a bad idea for those who are concerned about that sort of thing. Well, yeah, competition is healthy <clears throat> for the marketplace, and it does force companies that are doing things that they shouldn't be doing to maybe stop, especially if a company like Xquick makes that one of their primary selling points to get new people to their site using it. Mm-hmm. So if a lot of people start doing that, then Google has to say, well, maybe we need to stop doing some of the things we're doing to uh, monitor and track people. Maybe so. Um, who knows how it'll all end up turning out. Uh, I'm Like you, Mark, I feel like Google has so many great services out there. I mean, the Google Mail is fantastic. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not leaving that. I know how to use it. I don't, I don't <laughs> like new things. Uh, yeah. No, thanks. I'm not interested and, in new things on the Internet. And he even admitted as much uh, on the phones there that their search was better. He he seemed to suggest that he preferred the Google search results to this other company's search results. And, I mean, what has Google got, like 80% of the search market because the results are just that good? I just ran a couple of searches on Xquick, and they weren't bad, actually, the results. Very good. Well, there you go. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Maybe we're missing something, though. Maybe you can call in to to explain to me why it is we should be more concerned uh, with matters such as uh, Internet privacy. I just just don't feel like I care uh, if they find out what my searches are. Go ahead. (laughs) That's the least of my concerns. There are a whole lot more terrible things that they could do to me. Uh, if they wanted to, they could come after me if they wanted to for all kinds of things. And I don't think that my Internet searches is, is going to really be a factor there. So if I'm missing something, though, please dial in and uh, correct me. 800-259-9231. I'm open to being convinced to switch search engines, but I really haven't ever seen a reason to. We ch- uh, switched uh, web browsers to Chrome there for a little while and decided I'm, we didn't like it went back. Yeah, I've gone back. I've gone back to Firefox. Because I was disappointed with uh, with Google's Chrome in that they never fixed any of the bugs that that uh, it had. Like they put out a version, it had all kinds of bugs in it. It was really fast as a as a browser, as far as being a browser is concerned. But they never actually remedied anything. There was never a new version that was released, and uh, and this I mean this is after months of waiting. Well, sometimes with that software, there'll be a command in one of the menus that will say "Check for updates." Did you look for that? It was already, uh, it automatically was supposed to be doing that, so they never put anything out. 
Anyway, 800-259-9231, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So the federal government, of course, uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier, the federal government looking to step in in the, the realm of federal, or rather, of cybersecurity. So... There's no reason why the federal government couldn't just come right in and lay down some kind of requirement on the Internet service providers to start monitoring everybody's searches on every search engine out there. Couldn't they do something like that? The, the federal government, they can pretty much do what they want. Right. So couldn't the, uh, couldn't the Internet service providers be forced by the feds to put some sort of tracking software in to where anytime you visit a search engine, whether it's Xquick or Google or anybody, that information is compiled on a, in a local database on your Internet service provider's level? You think that the, uh, the, the author of Spy Chips would uh, let the government – I mean, she probably would shut down her company before she did that, it seemed to me. Who? Catherine, Catherine Albrecht, the, the lady who signed our uh, Spy Chips book. Right. What does she have to do with the feds uh, snooping on people's internet searches? Oh, um, she's uh, the marketing manager of uh, Xquick. Oh, is she? Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. I just thought she had a radio show. 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. Dial toll-free. 800-259-9231. Coming up, you bring up anything uh, on the way here. It's April's Fool. What have you seen? This is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free. So enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by learning how to promote the show. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. Lots of different ways for you to get Free Talk Live into more ears around the country and around the world. Head over to promote.freetalklive.com. Dot com get the whole list of things you can do as we continue with your phone calls let's talk to john in connecticut john you're on free talk live hello there hi i just wanted uh we just opened up a site uh a little while ago and basically what the site's about is you can go on there you can talk in the forums and it's you know not like any kind of normal forums uh you can go in there and there's experts there's it there's web designers and there's a program designer i mean you can ask them any kind of questions you want and um, send them an email, and they'll email you back with answers. They'll even design you things for free. And, you why, know, we're not looking they, to make money. They we do just want to help that? the community. Why would they do all that for free? Why would they answer all those questions for nothing? Well, we're trying to, um, you know, get our name out there. You know, eventually, someday we might charge. But, you know, we just want to, we kind of want to, you know, try to make a nice site out there and try to help the community. That's so it's kind like of a the, tech support website? It's like, yeah, it's like a tech support website, but it's free. Everything's free on there, and it'll stay free probably for a couple of years. There are a lot of uh, there are a lot of websites where people can post their questions about a variety of things, and they will get answers from essentially a, a group of users, whoever else is using the website. But are you saying that these are people that are actually um, behind the site that are going to be answering uh, questions, or are they just other users? Yeah, um, like you know, some of the words we have, uh, one of them, you know, is a. 10-year graphics designer. We have a worker from IBM. We have an IT that works at GoDaddy. And, you know, all these people want to help out and ask questions because people, you know, always are asking questions on the forums and they're not getting, like, great answers. I mean, this, you know, we'll be here to help and anything you want. You know, we got professionals helping. It's not just a user. You know you're getting the answer from a professional. I'll tell you what, when you're ready to launch the website, give Mark a call and uh, buy a nice ad package. All right, thanks Thank for the you, call. Man. Good luck. 800-259-9231. I'm, you know, obviously, that last guy got a lot of plugs in. Probably wasn't fair of me to 
uh, to, to let that dude go without giving him one. But this isn't Free Plugs Live. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about things that are interesting to you beyond just promoting your business. Obviously, if we took calls from people that uh, wanted to just promote their business, their new venture, then we'd have those calls all night long. And it wouldn't really be I'm much of a... I'm con- an ice cream stand yeah. here in Raleigh. It really wouldn't be much of a conversation. We continue with the amp lines. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. This- this is the Christian Anarchist. Gene, what's on your mind tonight? You starting a business, Gene? Well, yeah. Actually, I wanted to uh, to say tell you about some problems I've been having with your BBS, but before that I oh, did God. try Xquick and Google, mm-hmm. and I typed in Free Talk Live, and both searches, the, the number one hit was LennonMurderTruth.com. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Wait, you're not serious about that, right? That's a, Is really. that an April's no. Fool, Gene? Yes, it's April's Fool. <laughs> But anyway, the, uh, the the BBS, you know, I've been posting on there for years with my Christian Anarchy thread, and people have been giving me a hard time, and I decided that that's the end of it. I'm deleting the whole thread. I'm not going to be on the, the BBS anymore. Those guys, they they just push my buttons too many times. You, know, guy can only <laughs> you sure let them so push long. your buttons. Well, they sure do. I mean, they put everything, they throw everything at me they can, and I think I'm, uh, I've finally given up. I'm yeah, they're a bunch there. of jerks over there. I know it. April Fools! Uh, The service that uh, Free Talk Live's BBS provides the internet is that we give the trolls some place to play with. It really, yeah, it really is that way. It's it's an interesting little sandbox. Uh, I don't. No way the trolls are going to get rid of me that easy. Believe me. Maybe maybe you found the trolls and they are you. In fact, I posted this on the bulletin board system. I haven't come in there yet and posted my April Fools' response to them, but I'm Mm going to be in a second. Of course, they probably heard it on the radio now. But uh, well, they, they they like to claim they'll listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they and they they claim, of course, they've succeeded in getting rid of me. But uh, they don't know it. You are redoubling your efforts. Oh boy, very yeah, good, they, sir. They should have checked the calendar before they believed me. All right, man. Yeah, thank you for the call All right, tonight, well, Gene. Have a good April Fool's Day. Good hearing from you, dude. Thanks. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The the other thing that the uh, the BBS does for the internet is well, excellent breasts. It does. It does do that. If you search Google for, uh, I wonder if Xquick's got this, excellent breasts, see what the number one site is there. Uh, but how yeah, did if you, we do it? If you Google, I guess, how did, how did John do it? John Shaw, the mo- yeah. one of the moderators of the forum, uh, he just created a thread called Excellent Breasts and started posting pictures of uh, naked women, and I guess it just became so popular. I don't know how Google does its, uh, its results. I think it has to do with... Uh, how many sites link to your website? So it's possible that somebody else linked to that page, or it's possible that just that term "excellent breast" showed up in Google and people started clicking through Google. I don't know if Google records the amount of click-throughs that each site gets and then bases bases their rankings based on that. But I think it's actually kind of secret how Google ranks uh, their web pages, but. There are things you can do. It's to, working because you don't know. There are things you can do to influence it. You're not on the first page on Xquick. Oh, see, see. We're gonna have to work Negative. on that. Minus one. The number one hit is ultrasound imaging of the breasts. No, that's definitely not. Well, that's work. a nice. Uh, at least it's not something horrible. So, uh, so yeah, the Free Talk Live BBS. It's uh, it's an interesting little place. Uh, the, certainly, some of the denizens there are not the most welcoming or not the most friendly uh, individuals. But you are warned when you enter the Free Talk Live BBS that it is a virtually unmoderated place. So there is a lot you could see. So beware. 
800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, uh, anybody else encountered any April's Fool pranks today? Anything memorable? Anything you mean worth? on the internet? Online, it seems. Online seems to be the easiest way to encounter them. All I've uh, got is uh, a bun- I've got a bunch of stories here. Warner Brothers uh, acquires Pirate Bay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Invisible Car. Now you see it. Now you don't. How to avoid uh, uh, speed cameras. Um, my favorite is the the pandas. Uh, but here's one. Um, and I'll the pandas. Pandas to just a, in just a second. Hulu bans with uh, YouTube to create Yulu or HuTube. Um, funny. Yeah. Twitter uh, apparently. See, it's uh, Twitter uh, switched. The Guardian, UK Guardian, is uh, going to switch to Twitter after 188 years of ink. Uh, apparently, experts say any story <laughs> can be told in 140 characters, <laughs> which I like. I mean, that's that's kind of funny. And uh, pandemonium breaks out at Taipei Zoo. Zookeepers become suspicious of the resident giant pandas. True pedigree. Pred- pandemonium. That's p- cute. Right. right. Um, <laughs> true pedigree. When Tonton and Yan Yan begin acting strangely, apparently uh, somebody had taken two uh, forest brown bears and uh, painted dye dyed them to be uh, pandas distinctive black and white appearances but they uh, they became suspicious when the pandas tantan and yanyan began spending most almost all of their waking hours having sex pandas are notorious for their low libidos and which make them uh-huh. difficult to breed in captivity let's just say tantan and yanyan would uh, tanyan at every chance they got said uh, louis uh, referring to the combination of the pandas names which means to reunite in mandarin they would do a doggy style. Every uh, armchair zoologist knows that pandas favor the missionary position, and when they do it at all, and their behavior caused chaos, children, children were screaming. Wait a minute. How much of this migrate. is fake? All of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Everything I've read you is fake. <laughs> I love April Fool's Day. You know, every day is April Fool's Day for me. Is that right? Yeah, I <clears throat> I try to goof on people anytime I can. I'm just not creative enough uh, in that way. I'd, I I always think, well, what can we do for April's Fool? And that's about it. <laughs> read a story from the Onion. That's always good. Yeah, The Onion is week-long satire, brilliant stuff. Uh, Theonion.com, good stuff. I saw a few websites change, do some change-ups. Uh, one of them really threw me off, and it was a little confusing for a moment. I was at uh, YouTube, and I clicked on one of the, the videos on my subscriptions, and then when uh, when the page came up, the entire page was upside down. So the everything was completely reversed. I mean, it was very confusing. I'd never seen anything like it. It was, it was pretty pretty neat. Uh, AOL also, I just happened onto one of their websites, and they had turned their logo upside down. So apparently, doing things upside down was relatively popular uh, today. I didn't really see anything else uh, worthy of note. I don't know what Google was doing. I'm sure they had something going on. Although Google does own YouTube. You know, an animation of an explosion of your screen exploding would be really cool. That yeah, you could do that. I suppose you could do that with Flash. Yeah, these it, days. I'd be getting a bunch of calls from my clients saying my computer just blew up. Well, of course, there was this big uh, scare story that came out yesterday and the day before that about some sort of evil computer worm that was supposed to show itself on April uh, April Fool's Day, and nothing really ever happened with that. Apparently, that was just a big scare story. Nothing really actually ended up coming out. The day is young. What's up, Mark? Well, I just had to hold the thing. Uh, it looks like there's a, a bit of a an April Fool's thing going on freeminds.tv.com. Is that right? Yeah. Can uh, you tell us about it? Well, it, give me just a second here. It's uh, it's it's loading a little slowly on my computer. 
Okay. Well, anyway, we're going to come back with hour number two coming up here in moments. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So if you want to share any April's Fool pranks that you pulled, it's April's Fool, not April Fool's, right? It's a common mistake. April's Fool? Am I right about that? April Fool's Day? I thought it was April's Fool. I don't know. Oh, All my right. God, it's communist. They've, 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 they've screwed up uh, free, uh, free Minds TV. 1-800-259-9231. You want to share your pranks uh, from today? You're certainly welcome to do that or bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized a contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are free. So enjoy those on us as we launch here into the second hour of the show. Again, freetalklive.com is the website. So, uh, as we've been observing over the past several months, various different state governments around the country, of course, the big news has recently been about New York, have been scraping for more money. They've been doing whatever they can to get more money in because in a tough ec- uh, economy, people are you know, scaling back their living habits and things like that. They just don't have as much money. People losing their jobs left and right. It's a tough time out there, and governments don't care. They're not cutting their budgets. They're keeping their budgets the same size, and they're trying to raise taxes so they can make up the differences. They're giving raises to the uh, the local bureaucrats uh, when everybody else is, uh, you know, seeing some of the worst economic times of their lifetime. Well, you know, things are things are going fine at the government. So there's news all over the place about the various different creative ways the governments are coming up with to get more tax money in. Uh, in the Mostly, of- it's just uh, uh, evaluating your properly and uh, your property inefficient. You know, in, in are they way, way too high? Oh yes. It's okay. All I, over. I hadn't heard about that one, but I've, I've talked about it on the show twice. Okay. Well, uh, we certainly have seen. I've certainly seen stories about how New York is uh, New York State is looking at increasing a variety of taxes on a number of different uh, categories of items, and of course, it's happening all over the place. One of the responses that is uh, coming out of people is to move. Uh, even old Rush Limbaugh the other day made news by announcing he was planning on moving uh, from New York State, no longer producing his show there, which, as far as I'm concerned, that's great news. Maybe he'll encourage other people to uh, to vote with their feet, so to speak. In the taxes in, Palm, uh, in West Palm are so much better. I'm sure they're better. They but probably are. There's no state income tax in Florida. Yeah, I happen to hear that. And what happened was, I guess he's upset because he doesn't really do his show that much in New York. It's no. more of a backup if there's bad weather in Florida. But the state of New York forces him to account for every single day he's in New York working right? and has to pay taxes on that. They nickel and dime him that way. 
And I don't blame him for be, being upset about it. He should probably open up a studio in New Hampshire. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if I want to encourage somebody like Rush Limbaugh, who's just a adherent to the Republican Party, no matter what it is that they do. I'm not interested in having him come up here. I'm, Glenn Beck wouldn't be such a bad thing. He seems to be moving in the right direction. I've seen no evidence whatsoever that Rush Limbaugh has changed in any way, shape, or form. He only sounds like a libertarian now because his party is out of power. Right. So don't let him fool you. No. It'll, that'll all be different once uh, the Republicans get back in charge, if that happens again. Said it himself, he carries the water for the Republicans. He did. He admitted that. All right. So here's what's going on in Chicago in response to drastically increased rates and taxes and fees and things like that. According to CBS News in Chicago, cbs2chicago.com, they're taking more of your quarters every day, and Chicagoans are in revolt. While some are saying enough by just avoiding them, others are taking out their frustrations on the parking meters, literally. CBS2 chief correspondent Jay Levine uh, says that there's a lot of anger behind the new meter rate increases. You think enough is enough? How about 12? That's how many quarters by an hour of parking time in some places now. That's three bucks for an hour of time. And it's why some people are saying they've had enough. Near uh, Broadway and Addison, meter after meter are broken. One woman said, I called the company and I said, I don't want a ticket, one woman said. Uh, LAZ is a Chicago company which collects the money for the New York owner, which paid the city $1.2 billion to lease the city's 36,000 meters for 75 years. They've pasted new stickers on them. Good deal, huh? Doubling the rates to as much as a quarter for five minutes in the loop. That's $3 an hour to $2 an hour in many other neighborhoods, and people are angry. People come. Now, this is an example of privatization, by the way, I'd like to point out. This is what privatization gets you. It gets you one private company, one politically controlled, uh, politically connected private company who's buddy-buddy with some of the politicians, gets the exclusive deal for, in this case in Chicago, 75 years Sweet, huh? to operate and to collect the revenues from the parking meters. That's privatization, and that's why a lot of people, t- when they use the term privatization, they may have the intent of solving a problem, but it just creates another problem. Now you've got a, a, a monopoly granted to a private company. It's not really that much better than the government system. Not much, no. People come into the neighborhood for entertainment reasons. You can't anymore because the meters are so expensive, said a local resident, and people are frustrated. It's jammed, a woman said. CBS2 called the company, too, twice uh, twice to New York, another to Chicago. They didn't call back. We also called the city. They called back, but basically said, not our meters anymore, Mm -hmm. not our problem. (laughs) Enter a guy who calls himself Mike the Parking Ticket Geek. He contacted us via Twitter, showed his website, theexpiredmeter.com, which he used to give people advice on how to beat parking tickets. The site has become a lightning rod for people's complaints about the new rates and operators. Mike says the people who are writing to him have a sense of anger, frustration, and rage in some cases, to the point where some, it appears, are vandalizing the meters. Pictures on Mike's website show meters deliberately smashed, taken apart, spray-painted, or deliberately jammed. You know, I'd heard uh, out in, uh, I can't remember, is it Berkeley, where they were uh, 
actually vandalizing the meters by simply taking pennies with a little bit of uh, silicone on them on a, like either side or one side or up. whatever. Uh, yeah, so they were you know sticky. Silicone's sticky even when it's dry. It's yeah. kind of rubbery. Right. And that you know the pennies that have a little bit of silicone on them, they stick them in the meter and then they don't go that, down. Yeah. Right? right. Then it's then the uh, the slots jammed and you can't put any more money in it and then what? So they have to come and literally repair those those meters. Now right. this goes back to a and you can do you can do that without wielding a hammer out there in the middle of God and everybody. Right. I mean you know. In so fact, I mean that's that's even more in, insidious. That's actually exactly what uh, the the guy at the expiredmeter.com here says that a lot of people are suggesting taking a quarter, putting super glue on it, and putting it in the coin slot. So that's certainly a popular method. Now, it, it brings us back to a conversation we had a couple weeks ago, Mark, that got fairly heated, and that was the conversation about, I used the term sabotage, but monkey wrenching is probably a more accurate term. Monkey wrenching the system. Uh, and you were talking against monkey wrenching. You said that uh, people that are inside the government shouldn't be... I, I think be... mostly what I was saying was uh, that you shouldn't be saying the word sabotage. Um, oh, okay. So you yeah. are in favor of monkey wrenching. Um, I, I think that there are times for it and times that... Are you in uh, favor I'm, of the I'm parking against... meter stuff? I, I, I would not advocate uh, you know, breaking a, a city property like that. I think. What is city property? Um, the parking meters. Does the city really have property? I just wouldn't advocate it. That's Here's all. what I would suggest. Uh, I would suggest that the city doesn't actually own anything. It's just a gang of men and women who are willing to use violence on you. So the things that they claim ownership of, whether they be their vehicles or whether they be their buildings, the parking meters, the things they claim ownership of, it's just unclaimed property. Yeah, but they hold those those assets in, for the benefit of everybody, Ian. <laughs> well, no, I don't <laughs> think so. The, the parking meters don't seem to benefit anybody but the police department. They have to raise money for to provide services for all the people, the homeless and the poor and the soup kitchens and everything. Yeah, but that's not coming out of the parking meter money. Well, they, they, it all goes into the general fund. The parking meters, um, in some cases, and I don't know, it, it keeps people from... I don't uh, believe that goes into the general fund either. I don't, I don't know where it goes. Well, where does the um, parking meter money go? To the parking meter bureaucracy, as I understand it. I could be wrong. What services does it pay for? It pays for the parking meter made. To go and collect yeah, mostly that's true. money from the parking. It's true. It's a, it's an, from what I've seen, from what I understand from uh, Toby, I think it was Toby at Freemont's TV that did the digging through the city budget to find this out, uh, that essentially the, uh, the operation is in the red. So the money they're collecting from the meters don't even pay for the bureaucracy's overhead. It's because they don't have enough meter maids out there giving tickets. Yes, it seems like they're doing a fine job of uh, of that. But I, I think that there's nothing wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with with uh, monkey wrenching these parking meters. If whether it's putting uh, a, a quarter with glue on it down in there or whatever, the, I don't see that as damaging anyone's property because nobody legitimately owns it. Well, my meter today was ran, ran over by an hour. I forgot about it and I didn't get a ticket, so somebody wasn't doing their job. You got lucky. Yeah. Was it in Keene? Yes, uh, that's that's well, and it wasn't Tuesday either because uh, Tuesday is ticketless Tuesdays in Keene. On the afternoons, the activists go out and they. Uh, it's, I think it usually happens around four o'clock, so the entirety of Tuesday is not ticketless, but at least an hour is. Clever name. And uh, so they walk down the street and they p- uh, put quarters into people's meters that are about to expire or have already expired. So you could have been saved by then had you been parking at the right time. But nonetheless, I don't think that there are uh, that that there that the meters are the property of the city. They're nobody's property, and such are subject 
to various different sabotage or monkey wrenchings. 800-259-9231. Am I wrong about that? Does the city actually own the meters? Does it have the right to control them? Or is it just an armed gang controlling stolen property? This is Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You dial toll-free, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, the Shrine of Female listeners, are included. That is a feature on our site that has a lot of lady listeners that have taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see it for yourself. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI um, is a, has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. Let's go to your phone call. Scott is on the line in Texas. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, you wanted to know what the Gmail April Fool's prank was? Google's, yeah, I'm sure there was one for Gmail or one for for Google. What did what was? Yeah, it? the one on Gmail. I logged in to Gmail this morning and it said Gmail Autopilot, and I was like, "What was that?" And <laughs> I opened it up and it said, um, "It will automatically respond to all your emails. You don't have to log in anymore. It will respond to all your emails." You know, I was Sweet. thinking that's really cool, and you could like customize it and stuff. You know, the funny thing was they didn't tell you until you went down to the terms at the bottom. I, I was looking it up on Google trying to figure out, you know, is that really true? I was pretty surprised on it. And so they, they actually ended up telling you when you tried to activate the service? Yeah. Well, you had, no, I, I didn't know until I hit the terms at the bottom, the terms of agreement. <laughs> so they didn't really tell you. So everyone was saying, oh, is this real and stuff? And they, they were like, it's not in the add-ons you can get for Gmail. So what are they lying? And then, you know, it came up April Fool's joke. And then it is April Fool's joke. It ain't April's Fool's. Yeah, I don't know where I got that. You're right. I was just looking into that. Uh, I don't know where I'd, I'd heard that. It, that I thought maybe, maybe it's when you say, uh, maybe when you actually pull the prank, you're supposed to say April's Fool. Or am I wrong completely? Oh, I don't know. I, I always thought it was April Fool's. It is April That's Fool's. It's it. April Fool's Day. But I thought that people are supposed to say April's Fool when they actually pulled the prank. Maybe I'm completely wrong on that. I don't know where I heard I'll that one. I'll take that answer. Complete, maybe I'm completely wrong? Yeah, that's what I'm going to go All right. Hey, thanks. I, I think it's and, April. Anything else on your mind tonight? Ah, uh, that's it. Thanks, Scott, for the call. Let's talk to Steve in South Carolina. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Wayne and Mark. Hi, Ian, Wayne, and Mark. <laughs> Hello. What's on your mind? You, um, I was thinking about the uh, parking meters. Yes, sir. And whether they belong to uh, the city, the government, so on and so forth. Uh, remember Cool Hand Luke? Yes. <laughs> he cut down every one of them with a bottle of Jack Daniels and a hacksaw. Yeah. I thought he had some kind of, like, pipe cutter. I thought, well, it doesn't matter. The point is, he cut him down, he went to prison. That's going to draw some attention. I think I like the idea of just putting in a, a quarter or a nickel or something with the uh, silicone on the side. I think that's a little more subtle and probably more effective in the long run. It was it was funny, though, that it went completely up and down Main Street and cut every parking meter. I apparently had a, a parking meter hatred or something like that, and that spawned the whole movie. 
It's great. And so it's frustrating to a lot of people. And that's what's going on right now in Chicago is people are getting very upset by these parking meters that are charging them $3 an hour uh, to, to park at. I mean, it's nuts. Yeah, it's interesting because that movie was based back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at 30-something years later, and uh, we still have the frustration of parking meters. I mean, I worked for the police department for a while. And, oh, these people wrote on their windows and everything that meter maids are just, you know, I mean, all kind of cursing words. And uh, we took pictures of the whole thing. But, yeah, I think uh, meter maids may be the, the most hated of government bureaucrats. <laughs> yeah, pretty much they are, especially the college students down here in Charleston. I mean, the, the police can beat people and everything, but the, the meter maids just seem to have a much wider uh, hatred spectrum from the average person. Well, the average person deals with them more than they yeah, do with the cop that beats them. <laughs> that's true. Good point. Anything well, else on your well, mind tonight? Where's the hatred? Well, I mean, why is the hatred so much for you know, parking enforcement? A great question. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they feel like they're being nickel and dimed to death. Thanks for the well, call tonight. But with our current paradigm, I, f- I kind of feel like we need some level of parking enforcement with the way things work currently and today. I mean, I don't know what how it would be or, you know, what would happen. But I, I, obviously, I feel like parking spaces should be, uh, you know, if that's the problem of the person that owns the building, in my opinion. And it you, should be their problem is what you're saying. It, it should, should be. be theirs. It's not because the state owns the parking spaces. And so the building owner doesn't really have any say in it today. But it it should switch to where the parking spaces are, in my opinion, I think this would be the easiest way to handle it, just basically seed that part of the, the road, or, I mean, ideally seed the entire road to private ownership, but seed the parking spaces, at the very least, to the owners of the buildings that are abutting those particular spaces. Okay, these right. are your spaces, these are your three, these are your three, these are your two, whatever, depending yep. on how large Good the building luck. is. <laughs> and here you go. You figure it out, right? Uh, if If you have a problem, number one, your employees are going to want to park near the building, right? So you need to tell your employees, no parking near the building. If we find your car in our spaces, then... Well, you're going to be disciplined. Uh, yeah. under, uh, understood, but uh, uh, you know, people are going to act the way people act. So why not go ahead and go crazy and get your uh, employees, uh, you know, one of those month-long parking passes at the local, uh, uh, you know, parking garage. Uh, many, I've I've worked in many a downtown yeah. where they've had many, uh, you know, where I've had to deal with parking meters and um, time parking and all that other stuff. If if the management had just forked out the forty dollars a month. I mean, think about that. When they're paying you three, four, five, six thousand dollars a month, I don't, you know, I mean, I don't know what people get paid, but I'm getting paid somewhere in that, right? Forty bucks, nothing. It's nothing <laughs> to help the customers have more spaces to park in. Right. Yeah, sure, sure. So, uh, so yeah, so people, if we had a free market in parking, which we don't, if we had a free market in parking, then what you'd see happen is businesses would go under as the market. Just churns through the best, you know, the best businesses stay in business. The bad ones go out of business unless the federal government steps in and bails them out. Uh, but businesses would go under, and inevitably buildings would end up going vacant. And there's a good chance somebody who's a parking entrepreneur could come in there and turn that former building into a parking garage. And I think that what you'd see happen with uh, a free market in parking is you'd see more parking options springing up. 
Because right now you pretty much have to rely on the government to uh, to build a parking meter or a parking uh, parking garage or the government to uh, to change the parking situation in any given downtown area. And the government just doesn't have the incentive to keep up with the market demand. So right. if there are a bunch of new businesses going in that are attracting new clients and they don't have anywhere to park. Well, too flipping bad. Right. It's just it's basically business welfare. It's, uh, you know, corporate welfare. These businesses need to be responsible. It, well, it's not the business. The the buildings owners are would be the ones who are responsible. The businesses that rent from them would uh, you know likely have that in their contract. What you need to create is a loggerhead because essentially they have they're they're welfare queens. They're like, well, the government's taking care of parking. I'm not going to take care of parking. Why should I take care of parking? The government takes care of parking, and the government it stinks. It they got to do something about this parking. And so they you know right. they they just sit there like welfare queens and complain about how good the the, the free cheese is that they get. And as opposed you know, they to they don't have to deal with the their problem, which is where are my customers going to park? Right, as opposed to actually handling the situation and building something, whether it's a parking garage or leveling somebody else's property and just putting more spaces there. Obviously, parking garages make the most sense for uh, for urban environments. They're expensive, and yeah, well, yeah. it's an investment, right? Yep. You want people to come to your business? You got to give them somewhere to park. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Or cross your fingers and hope the government figures it out before you go out of business. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in, bring up anything. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free and bring up anything, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, all the features we give away. So enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. Features including live streams, broadband version, dial-up, webcam versions, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. The world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun shows happening April 3rd, 4th, and 5th. That's starting in two days at Knob yep. Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens at 9 a.m., 10 bucks per person. KNOBCreekRange.com. That's KnobCreekRange.com. So, we continue here with uh, whatever it is you want to talk about. Otherwise, we go to interesting things to us. Uh, Vin Soprinowitz over at LouRockwell.com with a story about submission. Something that all of us do to some extent or another. And it's something that I would suggest people practice not doing. And, of course, I mean submitting to the state. Bowing to their demands. Specifically the police. Uh, Mr. Soprinowitz writes, I just finished reading the article on excessive force on page 2B, wrote Ron, the former police officer, on March the 5th. Another person was apparently injured in a police confrontation followed by the usual lawsuit. As a former police detective, I have a solution on how to avoid 99% of all injuries, lawsuits, and deaths sustained as a result of a police confrontation, offers Officer Ron. Here's his solution. When stopped by an officer, do as he asks. Never run from the police, never fight with the police, never get into a shouting match, don't try to escape from custody, simply submit. 
but try to obtain all the info you can, i.e., why am I being stopped, etc. If you feel the officer is in error, there will be ample opportunity to contest the allegations later. That comprises the entirety of Officer Ron's letter and advice. Yeah, Just submit. Pretty, pretty much what all uh, police officers would advise. On March 20th, it makes their job easier, doesn't it? Sure. On March, and I'm not saying that people should get and, violent against cops. Oh, That's I'm not suggesting not that either, but, uh, you know, <laughs> not asking questions of authority figures uh, right then. It, you know, it, I, I'm not saying that following up can't be useful, but it's not nearly as useful. The fact is the cops have a very effective system for uh, warding off complaints of people that uh, think that their officers have stepped out of line. <laughs> people think that a lot. They're police officers. They control people's behavior. People don't like that. So they have, uh, you know, they, they, they've dealt with uh, people that are unhappy about how their police officers have acted for a very long time. On March 27, 2006, People magazine published an article that reported on what happens to a number of Americans or what happened to a number of Americans who just submitted. Reporter Bill Hewitt wrote in the article, headline, Phony Cops, Real Victims. Heather Southland had just gotten in her car after an evening visit with a girlfriend in Leesville, Louisiana. As she drove away, a green Ford Bronco pulled close behind her, flashing its lights. Sutherland, 24, turned onto a deserted side street. The man got out of his Bronco and said, Leesville Police Department, undercover narcotics. Step out of the car. She recalls he ordered her to walk backward toward him and put her hands on the trunk of her vehicle. She asked to see his badge, and he refused. He said, I didn't need to see his badge, she says. I knew right then something extremely bad was about to happen. It did. Seconds later, as he tried to flee, the man grabbed her and raped her at knife point. Because she... She tried to flee? She did. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I thought that he was trying to flee. The man... No. Um, it got very strange. Because she just submitted. The magazine reports that such incidents happen more often than many people imagine, and in this age of the Internet where badges and uniforms are readily available, it has never been easier to pull off. While no national statistics are kept, earlier this year the Chicago Sun-Times ran a series on fake cops that documented how in the past three years there had been more than 1,000 cases in the Chicago area alone of people posing as police in order to commit a variety of crimes. On Long Island, Reginald Goose is now on trial for the 2005 murder of an assistant bank branch manager, James Gottlieb, who was shot after Goose, who pleaded not guilty, allegedly pretended to be a police officer and pulled him over. The mortally wounded Gottlieb told a witness, I stopped because I thought it was a cop. So he, too, just submitted. In Blacksburg, South Carolina, Charles Connor was accused or is accused of going into a convenience store last September in a police-style khaki shirt with a two-way radio and a gun on his hip and telling owner Nick Patel he was a North Carolina cop. For 90 minutes, he hung out in the store chatting with Patel until they were alone. Then he demanded all his money. Patel, married with two children, turned over $5,168. Then police say Connor, a former corrections officer who has pleaded not guilty, shot Patel in the head. Oh, dear God. Connor knew enough to convincingly pretend to be a police officer, says this Cherokee County Sheriff. Sometimes a moment's compliance is all the fake cop is looking for, the police, uh, the article continues. According to authorities, last September, Luz Heredia, 53 of Melrose Park, Illinois, was in her car on her way to her factory job with two co-workers when a man approached and flashed a badge. Moments later, he allegedly grabbed Heredia, who had six grandkids, and pulled her from the vehicle, saying, You're coming with me. He forced her into his SUV. Less than two hours later, she was found sexually assaulted and beaten. She died five days later. 
Jorge Dominguez, 28, has been charged in the crime and has pleaded not guilty. My mother had her gut instinct, says Heredia's daughter, Lena Hernandez, but she didn't want to go against the law, so she just submitted. Ladies, ever been advised to drive to a well-lighted area where there are plenty of witnesses before pulling over when you see those flashing lights in your rear window? Read women handcuffed for driving to well-lit area while being stopped by police. Yeah. So they'll tell you one thing and they'll do another when Absolutely. they Absolutely. They hate over. that. They hate the idea that uh, somebody wouldn't pull over. They see the blue lights. You you not respect my authority. Um you know, they see the blue lights, they don't pull over immediately. And they're very rude about it too. Yeah. I, I, uh, well, I had I was pulled over once and the cops said that I pulled over too quickly. Really? <laughs> you can't make them happy. No. It happened to me one time, and I did not drive that far. Uh, I was already in an area that was fairly public, but I didn't want to pull over on the side of the road. I I hate that. I just hate it when uh, the cops pull people over in the right lane of a two-lane road, and they take up an entire lane. So I was just trying to do the other drivers a favor by pulling off onto a a side street. Yep, And And the cop, too. I mean, cops are killed every single year uh, by, you know, getting mushed by cars on the side of the road. But what's the cop do? He jumps up on the 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 tail of my car basically i mean not literally but in his car he's he's tailgating me essentially he just rolls right up as close as he can possibly get and is flashing his uh, siren and flashing his lights and just being as rude as he possibly can as though i was unaware that 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 he was behind me i had to get right up on my butt anyway and what about uh back to mr Soprinowitz. what about when it turns out to be a real police officer did Las Vegan Ronald Perrin, who's 32, armed with only a basketball when badge-heavy Metro Officer Bruce Gettner emptied his 14-round Glock at him, really refuse to comply with some legitimate order after Gettner waited till they were alone on a nighttime street to initiate their confrontation back in 1999? We may never know, since the unarmed Mr. Perrin didn't survive to testify. Even though the coroner's jury voted 6-1 to one to let Officer Gettner walk, jury... <laughs> Jury foreman Mark LePage said Gettner went too far that April night, and he said we all came to the conclusion that we couldn't convict him, but we all had reservations about what had happened. As long as inquest juries are instructed that a homicide is justifiable, providing the officer who kills merely perceived a threat, even if the victim turns out to have been unarmed, then an officer's use of deadly force will never be found criminally negligent, according to Mr. LePage. Several jurors voiced their difficulty with the fact that most of the shots came from the rear. Everyone had a problem with that. He, Officer Perrin, had, uh, had or the, the victim, rather, he had a, his back to the officer. The way the system is now, the cop always walks. How about Orlando Barlow, 28 years old, shot and killed with a .223 rifle by Metro Officer Brian Hartman as Barlow kneeled unarmed in a suburban front yard in 2003. Plenty of witnesses saw Mr. Barlow doing his best to submit and to comply with every order the cops shouted at him. How much good did the decision to submit do Orlando Barlow, or do Orlando Barlow, Officer Ron? Dave Callis, president of the Las Vegas Police Protective Association, called a press conference later to insist that the BDRT t-shirts donned by members of Metro's Southwest 11 district to celebrate the Barlow hit stood for Big Dogs Run Together, not the rumored Baby's Daddy Removal Team. So the cops made some shirts up after they killed this guy. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Just submit. And you'll get through it, unless you don't. 800-259-9231. More on the way about this and your stories as well, if you want to share them with us or whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live.
Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away to you, so enjoy those, including the bulletin board system. Got over 400,000 posts, uh, 450,000 actually. Lots to talk about, serious issues to fun stuff, and a whole bunch of trolls. You'll find it all over at (laughs) bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. The bureaucrats undermined your right to bear arms, and now they're taxing bottled water. That's right, water. Log on to enjoyboddledwater.org and tell them enough is enough. Sign the petition fighting taxes and regulations on bottled water. After all, if they can tax water, what will they do next? Enjoyboddledwater.org. Vincent Prinowitz, uh, just a few more thoughts from him on the idea of submission. If you ask the cops, they'll tell you, just submit. If you want to get through this, just submit. Put Do whatever it is the cops demand of you and just submit. And uh, Soprinowitz has given several examples of people that just submitted to real police and fake police, people who are claiming to be the police, and what ended up happening to them. In many cases, they died because they just submitted. Europe's Jews, said Soprinowitz and other minorities, submitted to lawful orders from 1934 to 1944. Where did it get them? Dead. And the Swiss insurance companies wouldn't even pay off their remaining survivors since the Nazis had somehow neglected to issue proper death certificates. This used to be a free country. For the first 50 years of the the life of this republic, when things were pretty peaceful from all reports, we didn't even have any police forces as we know them today. When was the Constitution amended, former Officer Ron, who, uh, who suggested that everybody just submit? When did they take the old part that says we're to remain secure in our persons, houses, papers, and effects, free from search and seizure unless a warrant is issued upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and add it to your news section that reads... Oh, yeah, unless someone calling himself, uh, calling himself a policeman decides to stop you and issue whatever arbitrary orders and commands he can dream up, at which point you have to submit, or else he can shoot you down like a dog. I've got my copy of the Constitution and Bill of Rights in front of me, Officer Ron. You know, the one every public servant swears an oath to protect and defend, even at the cost of his or her own precious officer safety. And I just can't find that part. Over at LouRockwell.com, Vince Prinowitz writing, now, is he getting, is he suggesting that people should resist with violence? Well, I don't think not, that there'd be any point in that, really. That's going to guarantee, probably, that you end up dead. But I think there's a midpoint. I think, I think just asking some questions is a good idea. And, uh, you know, not just assuming that the guy in front of you is, is in fact, a police officer is, is you know, is, is a, it seems like a very a safe thing to do to me. Well, last night there were some calls that went into the Porcupine 411 phone service, which is a service that has been set up by an activist up here in New Hampshire. Brilliant concept. You dial a phone number from any phone, any phone, cell phone, whatever. You leave a message. And then that message is distributed to hundreds of email addresses, people that have opted in to say, I would like to receive these messages. So at about 1 a.m. last night, uh, a few messages came through the Pork 411 system from some of the activists out here in the Keene area. They were returning from a movie night, and one of them was pulled over. And he made a phone call uh, while this was going on, saying that the cop had demanded that he get out of the car, and he refused to obey. Uh, he, I think he handed over his... Uh, I don't know if he handed over his license registration, but anyway, she gave, ended up giving him a ticket, but she demanded that he get out of the car. He refused, and she didn't do anything about it. Hmm. So I think that's kind of the midpoint, right? It's the point between going all the way and resisting with violence or 
just saying no to certain things that they demand of you. Just, you know, don't roll your window all the way down when they demand that you do that. And don't get out of the car when they demand that you get out of the car. I think not rolling your window down is a great way to get a ticket. They may give you a ticket anyway. They Mark. may very well. However, I have got. I believe me. In being pulled over, I have not gotten tickets far more times than I have. I treat the um, treat the officer with uh, officer with respect, to, and I say, sir or ma'am. And uh, but how you do know, you know it's a real cop? They have lights on the top of their car. So I can go buy some lights and put it up on my car it's too. A real cop car. That's how I know. How do you know it wasn't just stolen by somebody? Well, the, 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 now you're talking about the more remote possibility. It's a remote possibility that somebody's a fake cop anyway. It's a remote over. possibility, but it gets far more remote that they're a fake cop in a fake cop car or a, a fake cop in a real cop car. I mean, now now you're getting into uh, Hollywood stuff. Yeah, the fake cop car would be a lot more difficult. But if you're in a parking lot, let's say, and a cop walks up to you in uniform and you don't see his car anywhere and maybe he doesn't even have a name badge on, then you'd have to be a little suspicious. I mean, it'd be very difficult to fake the whole thing, the the car, the uniform, everything, the gun on the hip. I guess if you intend to pay every ticket that you get, Mark, then you should go ahead and just, you know, submit and roll down the window and get out of the car and do all that stuff. But up here in New Hampshire, we've got some activists that are moving up here, and many of them are already here, that are willing to not uh, to not pay the tickets. So these are people that are willing to refuse to obey to that point. They're willing to non-cooperate to that point. And if you're willing to go that far, then I don't think that you should roll down the window just to be nice to the cop. I don't think that you should obey whatever or diktats the cops uh, throw in your direction. And in the case of uh, Mike uh, Mike Barsky last night, who was pulled over for speeding, uh, he did end up getting a ticket. But will he pay that ticket? I don't know. I don't have him here to ask that, but I don't... I don't see that it's likely that Mike Barsky will be paying this particular speeding ticket. What I think was interesting about the uh, the occasion was that when a cop demands somebody gets out of their car, most people are going to get out of the car. Yep. And he successfully refused to obey that order. And she didn't do anything about it. You could say that she w- she could have not given him the ticket had he just done what uh, she was demanding. But she could also have escalated the situation once he oh. got out of the car and tried searching the car. And, and, and who knows what she might have Mike, found. Mike Barsky is, is cop bait. I mean, unfortunately, he's not going to not get that ticket. So there you go. So my point here, Mark, is that non-cooperation, even just a little bit, can really help hold the line against an abusive police force. Because if the police are used to people just doing whatever it is that they demand, that gets into their head. They're yeah. likely to just issue whatever demands they want to, and if, you're, if you don't comply, I think reasonable demands should not be complied with. However, I think that there are certain, uh, you know, certain things that you, certain ways of treat, treating the officer with respect that aren't unreasonable, Ian. I think that you're talking about an individual here, a real live human being. If you treat them like a real live human being with respect and, you know, like the, you care about them, then you're going to do better. Now, you know, if you're dealing with... This is with a human being who has a proclivity toward hurting people and taking them and putting them in cold jail cells. That's that. Well, that's a judgment that you've made ahead of time. You don't know that person. If you act like that's how that person is, then they're much more likely so to act you shouldn't that way. Be, so you shouldn't be cautious around uh, men and women that are possibly uh, that have the ability to take you and throw you in a jail cell. You should just you should just bow down to them and do whatever it is. They Did demand. I say that? What no, are you saying? You should be cautious. I said Ian. you should treat, treat people with respect, Ian. Right. So get out of the car when they demand that you get out of the car and I roll down the window. Ask them why they want you to get out of the car. Sure. What's the, excuse me, officer? Why do you? Because I said so. That's not good enough, sir. Do you have a reason for that? You need to step out of the car right now. 
I'm not going to step out of the car. Thank okay. you. Well, you're not respecting his demands. No, that's not a respect. No, that's not respecting the individual and his demands is something entirely different. I see. If the cop asks me to take my pants off, I'm going to ask him why. Because I want to see your nice cheeks. That's it's just not good enough, <laughs> sir. You know something though, it doesn't have to get to that. You know, if when you get pulled over by a cop for whatever reason. What I always do is if it's nighttime, I turn the inside light on, I shut the car off, I put my hands on the wheel because mm-hmm. that shows the cop as he approaches that you respect what he's trying to do and that you respect his safety. And, yeah. and, and then he feels more at ease that he can trust you not to blow him away because some people do that stuff. And that usually starts the interaction on a positive note. And from there, it usually goes in a better direction. But if there's anything that you do, even you might not be aware of it, that makes the cop feel uneasy like... You know, he might be in danger. He's going to be a little more uptight, especially if he just came from some call that was really nasty before there. So you never know what baggage the cop is taking to that interaction with you. So the the best thing you can do without bowing down is just to make the cop feel at ease. I agree with that. I agree with uh, keeping your hands up on the steering wheel so they can't accuse you of reaching for a gun or or something like that. Uh, I actually had a cop get uh, set on edge because I did that once because they were were wondering why I was was doing that. And I explained to them, well, I heard that this helps you feel a little bit better. So that's why I did it. And uh, then then they told me they wanted to bring out a tint meter to check my tinting to see if it was too dark. And luckily, the tint meter was indisposed at the moment, so they ended up letting me go. All right, let's go to your phone calls. You bring up whatever you want. Talk to Stephen in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Stephen. Hi there. I know we're going up against the news break here. I, I was just uh, recently accused of being an idealist. And, Uh-oh. Uh, I don't know if that's a bad thing. I mean, I are, are so. we idealists? Are people who like us, who believe in liberty, are we idealists? I'd and say yes. I'd say yes, we are, and I don't see what's wrong with it. I mean, what's wrong with that particular ideal? Nothing. You know, I, I don't know, and I, I was thinking, well, if somebody wants universal health care, socialized medicine, or as I call it, fascistic medicine, um, I, you know, I think that that person is an idealist, too. It's yeah. just that his, his plan has slightly better odds of happening than my plan does. (laughs) Idealist is a smear. Everybody's an idealist, um, whether they want the current system or they want a different one. Um, I mean, it's just a smear. You're right. It's it's basically an easy exit from a conversation where the other individual doesn't really have much they can say to you. If you've got more, hang on. We'll bring it back, Stephen. 800-259-9231. Hour 3 is coming up. And if you want to uh, help draw the line between respect and obedience with the cops, we'd love to have you call in on that, too. Are you tired of feeling like you can't keep up with, let alone fight, the never-ending increases in government power? How do we, in one step, eliminate all these abuses and prevent them from returning again? The answer is simple. We must control the money. If it weren't for the Federal Reserve System and the so-called income tax, our government could have never become what it is today. Elite financier Rothschild arrogantly admitted, Permit me to issue and control the money of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws. That statement says it all. If others control the money, we cannot limit government growth or power. Under our current monetary system, we are slaves to the financial elite. Take the time to learn how this corrupt system works. Purchase a copy of Dishonest Money today. Learn the system, fight it, and abolish the one scam that funds all the rest. Dishonest Money. Available at Amazon or DishonestMoney.com. This 
This is Free Talk Live. We are launching at Hour 3 of the program. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Continuing with your phone calls, we go back to Stephen in Colorado. Stephen, are you still with us? Uh, yeah, but uh, I'm going to have to run, so uh, right. I'll go ahead and well, free up the line for somebody here, else. So I'll see right. you guys later. Thanks for the call. Uh, Stephen called in to ask about idealism. I guess somebody had accused him of being, you're an idealist, as though there's something wrong with that. I've been accused of that before as well, and, and it's true. I embrace it. What's wrong with being an idealist? Uh, I guess uh, the accuser who accused me of it, I think... I think it was probably Fred Parcells, one of the local uh, politicos here in I'm town. I'm sure I've accused you of it. In the past. <clears throat> Maybe you have too, but uh, but the, the suggestion is there's something wrong with having ideals that it's some somehow immature uh, to to be an idealist, and that uh, as you get older you'll start to understand. <laughs> you'll start to compromise your principles. Yes, <laughs> you'll you'll no longer be an idealist. You'll be willing to embrace the use of force or I, whatever it is they think is going to change. A, I think there's a reasonable tact. Taken and unreasonable, and I think that's what people are trying to say. With uh, you're an idealist, so in other words, you get more uncivilized as you get older. That's basically what they're what they're getting at. Yes, but they believe they're civilized. See, they yeah. believe those who believe in the use of force or the aggre- the use of aggression against their neighbors believe that they're the ones that are civilized and adult, and that we're the ones that are those of us who are idealists are, are the ones who are childlike. And, of course, I believe the exact opposite. I think it's very childish to aggress against your neighbors, as any childish bully would do. Well, and, and I think that's the childish position. These are, these are smears um, that are you. Both of these are smears. Um, they, are not, they are not an attempt to address whatever the issue is at hand. They are an attempt to uh, you know, distract from it. You're, you're idealistic. Well, okay, let's talk about the issue we're talking about right now instead of, you know, a smear. You're childish. Well, you know, I mean, is it true or not? Okay, I suppose that children don't like to be told what to do. Libertarians don't like to be told what to do. I, you can draw those parallels. However, in the case of uh, children, generally they don't like to be told what to do by their parents, and their parents have legitimate authority over them because they live on their property. However, you are not my daddy, so shut up. Let's go back to the issue and let's talk about it, you know? One of the other issues we were talking about that I'd like to go back to was the the question of obedience uh, when it comes to being pulled over, uh, when it comes to dealing with the police. And uh, Vince Prinowitz was talking about how when people submit to the police, a lot of them end up getting hurt or getting killed or thrown in jail cells when a little bit of non-cooperation can go a long way. I'm not suggesting, and I don't know what Soprinowitz was suggesting, but I'm not suggesting violence or resisting in that way against the police. But I am suggesting non-cooperation. And you said, Mark, that, well, if you don't roll down your window when the cop demands it, you're not respecting him. And I disagree with that. I think that you can non-cooperate and at the same time be respectful. And I'm I, not, want... I did not say that, that rolling down your window is not respectful. I'm d- that I would disagree. Oh, you made it sound like it was disrespectful no, to not roll down right, your window okay, and that you'd get a ticket. There's disrespectful things to do with the cops, right? There, yeah. There's plenty of them out there. Like However, F.U. Pig. Right. That too. Um, rolling down your window is just a good way to get a ticket. Okay. You mean not rolling it down? Right. You Excuse believe me, not will rolling increase down your, your odds. Not rolling down your window is a very good way to increase your odds. I have been pulled over and more t- many times and more times than not, I do not get a ticket. Okay, so, I mean, I didn't get kicked in the teeth, I didn't get thrown in a jail cell, I didn't get beaten up. It's because I treat the officers with respect, I look them in the eye, I smile at them, you know, I make the interaction good. I have limited mind control capabilities. Work on them, for God's sakes. They're not that hard. 
So you aren't saying that not rolling down one's window is disrespectful. It's a jerky thing to do. So, But you're saying it's jerky but not disrespectful? I don't know. What difference does it make? I think it's a jerky thing to pull somebody over who hasn't harmed another person or put, put anyone else in danger. Let's talk and to Mike Barsky. And that's where you're coming from, baby. Mike, you're, uh, you're on Free Talk Live. Mike Barsky, local uh, New Hampshire activist, moved here from California as part of the Free State Project. And last night you were the man that was pulled over uh, that I was talking about last hour. Uh, and you managed to get away from that situation without being completely obedient to the cop. You want to tell us about it? Yeah. Hi, guys. Hey, um, man. I think How does this keep happening to you, man? I am a cop magnet, apparently. <laughs> well, Mark, you should know that once you get a record, once you're in the system, they like to keep targeting those people. I mean, that seems to be something that they, they like to do. I mean, if you've been busted for marijuana once, there's a good chance they're going to pull you over again and try to search you again and, and hope that they can snatch you, you know, BOP you or whatever. Um, so it seems like once you've been in the system, they continue to target you. You know, Mike, it must have been that pimp outfit you were wearing online there. <laughs> There, it was the fashion police. <laughs> so what happened last night? Uh, a cop pulled me over, and actually, let me before I tell what happened, let me just say that uh, I think something that um, Wayne said and something that Mark said were both accurate. But I think you're you're both either ignoring or ignorant of the fact that government is so arbitrary. It is and arbitrary. Here's, yes. Here's so what you guys, what each of you had said is probably statistically correct in either your own experience or generally speaking, but there's just no knowing. I mean, I did almost the exact same thing back in early January, uh, for which I did end up in jail, and last night, and last night, I didn't even have to get out of a car when a cop ordered me to. Yeah. He asked a few times, oh, and I, and I only rolled my window down a couple inches, mm-hmm. um, and I was polite, and I was non-cooperative. I chose not to answer her questions and tell her that, and she finally said, uh, step out of the car, please, and she asked me two or three times. Then she ordered me, and I kept asking why. And she finally just said, sit tight, went to her car for 10 minutes and wrote me a ticket, and then came back, and I was free to go. What were well, some of the questions, to... Mike, that you refused to answer? Did, uh, did you hand over a driver's license and registration? What did you, what did, did you refuse? I, I did hand over a driver's license and registration. Everything else I refused to answer, and that was, where are you coming from? Where are you going? Are you aware of the speed limit? Why were you driving quickly? Um... She wanted to know the name of the, uh, the friend I had in the car, and I said, I'm, not, I'm choosing not to answer, ask, answer that question. So she asked my friend, and my friend or she, said, she, she asked my friend, do you have ID? And he said, yeah. And she said, can I see it? And he said, I don't see a point in that. And she nice. left him alone. That is great, by the way, to have your friends understand what liberty is about and to have them take a similar position as you. Because if you're in the car and you're with people that don't know how to stand up for themselves, then they can really just uh, just destroy that experience uh, for you. So it was great that your yep. friend was on your side in this case. I agree that it's completely arbitrary, Mike. But and like it's you know the possibility exists that if you would have uh, given her some of the information, like uh, you know, so what's going on out here? Where are you going? You know, how she why, knows why are you going more so questions. What's that? She'd ask more questions she, if you'd answered some. May, maybe so. People, cops ask me questions. I give them answers. I, I don't go to jail. I don't get my teeth kicked in. It's amazing, Ian. And he didn't give the answers, and he didn't go to jail well, think, or get his teeth kicked in. But he did get a ticket. I, I think where Mark's going is if I had you know, complied, essentially, answer, and answered her questions, she, depending on the answers, she might not have given me a ticket and let me go. And certainly, is that right, Mark? Yep. And that's certainly a possibility, but uh, I think the opposite possibility is equally true. If I had done exactly what I'd done, I could have not gotten the ticket. I think it's fully arbitrary. In fact, let's say I kind of flustered this woman. Let's say she wasn't expecting someone to not cooperate. 
Well, after, you know, she let me go, five minutes later, she could pull someone else over and be in a bad mood, and they could be you answering all their questions, and she'd give you a ticket anyway. Oh, likely. I always expect to get a ticket when I get pulled over. I'm just, you know, <laughs> respectful and, and try to avoid uh, try to avoid it. I, I don't want to pay that ticket. Well, now, Mike, you weren't disrespectful. You weren't uh, saying F you pig or whatever. You weren't being rude as you no, refused to obey. Not, not when she could hear me, no. No, I was being... <laughs> I was being both um, – I don't. I wouldn't consider myself being respectful or disrespectful, but I was being polite and calm. Well, I think if you aren't being disrespectful, then by proxy you're being uh, – or by default you're being respectful, in, in my opinion. That could, be. that could be. So, And I think that if everybody were to take Mark's suggestion here and, well, just do whatever the cop asks I, you to do or else suggestion. you might make – or else they might give you a ticket. I think that if we had more people doing what you did, Mike, and that is refusing to obey and refusing to uh, to answer the the questions, and even if they did get the speeding tickets, if they carried that through to the next level and refused to pay the tickets, then we could really have. I think there could be, really be some progress where the police would be much more wary about being so nosy with people, and they would understand that. It, well, crap! It's one of these people that won't answer my questions. Well, if I don't, if I even if I give them the ticket, they're not going to pay it. So what do you do then? I think it's possible that what I did last night or the way I did it, Mark might uh, approve of or whatever, or agree with, and that is, well, the audio is available on NH Underground, but um, what I, what should I tell you after the break? You can. Hang on. More with Mike Barsky here in moments. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Mike, by the way, will be appearing in court for another reason coming up soon, and that's for organizing a public festival. He was uh, arrested for that. More coming up. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free and bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including the archives. If you missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website. In fact, they go back for an entire year completely on us at freetalklive.com. According to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. Put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative. It's privacyharbor.com because normal email is not secure. You can go over there and get a free account today at privacyharbor.com. All right, so we're continuing here. Uh, Mike Barsky is on the line with us. One of the New Hampshire Liberty activists was pulled over last night, uh, allegedly for speeding. You were somewhat non-cooperative when it came to answering the police officer's questions. Was it a state patrolman or local cop? It was a city. City cop. And uh, so they pulled you over. They Come on, there's, there's no city. What city? Town, Swansea, town, town, town village. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> anyway, so you had been pulled over and you did not answer all of their questions. You gave over license and registration. They wanted to know where you were coming from, where you were going to, the usual rigmarole that cops tend to ask absolutely everybody because most people give up the information. They want to try They're to catch fishing. you. They want to try to catch you uh, in a lie, or they want to find out if your, you know, the driver's license has a different address from where you currently live. Which, of course, if you admit to, then that's a crime. So when the cops asking you questions, they're asking you those questions to get you, or to, to get you to give them some sort of probable cause to go on to arrest you for something. And you had the courage to not answer a lot of those questions, and it actually ended up working out to where the cop even demanded you get out of the car, and you just simply refused to uh, to obey that. You weren't rude to the cop. You weren't disrespectful to the cop, 
but you didn't obey their uh, their diktats and you didn't uh, comply with their orders and you didn't answer all their questions. And I would say you came out of it relatively unscathed. Now, of course, as you pointed out, it's uh, completely arbitrary what ended up happening. I mean, the cop could very well have pulled you through your car window had they, you know, smashed the window, pulled you out and beaten you up. I mean, there's always that chance. There's always some, the, the chance they could just manufacture something and, and take you to jail. But at least last night, it ended up going pretty well. Plus, you had somebody else in the car with you who was also similarly non-cooperative in that they didn't answer questions. But there was more to the story you wanted to share with us, so go ahead. Well, just the methodology. So the, this time I got pulled over, uh, the first thing that was said between the cop and I was me asking, hi, what did you pull me over for? Ah, yes. And she told, she told me, she said for a speeding or that I was driving too fast or something like that. Good way then to take control asked, of the conversation, asking questions. He who asks the questions is uh, in control of the conversation. Yeah, and I can continue doing so, although they were almost always why. But as she was asking her questions of me, I was saying I choose not to answer. And after a while, she said, so you guys are going to give me a hard time or you guys aren't going to cooperate. Is that it? <laughs> You're going to give said, me a ticket, no, right? <laughs> no, no. And no. I, I, realize, I realize it's angry cop talking, but, and that's probably where it was going. But I'm trying to point out that my, you know, what I did was remain calm and polite, yet firm and noncompliant. And I said, no, I am cooperating with you. I answered some questions, and I'll continue to answer them if they're appropriate. Hmm. And that's it. And she kept asking, you know, what's his name and where are you going and all that stuff. And I said, I'm not going to answer those. What's that have to do with speeding, lady? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She already told me why she was pulling me over. Good. And, Excellent. And I, 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 like, I like the system um, in, in that I like it from a civil disobedience standpoint, I guess. Uh, right. As far as uh, not getting a ticket, probably not the most uh, successful manner. I but, don't. I don't think you were too concerned about that. I mean, I know again, Ian's not concerned whether you get a ticket or not. A lot of these, a lot of these <laughs> activists are not going to pay the tickets even if they get them. So mm-hmm. to them, that's not one of the things they're they're really too. Isn't worried that right, about. Mike? Isn't that right? You're not going to pay the ticket unless you get if you get it, huh? I'm not paying this one. I'm there not going to. Exactly. Hey, here's another question I had for you. You were coming back from an event where there were a number of free staters uh, attending, a number of liberty activists uh, out for movie night, which is a weekly occurrence here in the the, the Monadnock region of New Hampshire. And uh, so as you were pulled over, there was another phone call that went into Pork 411, which is this uh, distribution service where you call a phone number and your message is distributed to hundreds of email addresses. I Now that, now that I have one of the smartphones, I can actually check the, the Pork 411s on my phone, which is very nice. But uh, so another phone call went in from somebody who'd passed you. Dale, one of our co-hosts on Free Talk Live, had passed the scene where you were getting pulled over and he recognized your car and he... He uh, suggested, or he was, wasn't sure whether he should turn around and come back to the scene. And I was wondering how you felt about that as being the victim of that pullover in that case. Dale was concerned that it might spook the cop, uh, which might have been a valid concern. But at the same time, if something was to go down, I would, want to have, ha- I would, wanted, uh, would have wanted to have had somebody else there on the scene, perhaps with a video camera or audio recording device, just somebody to watch to make sure that the cops aren't being abusive. Uh, how do you feel about the idea of somebody who's passing by that situation coming back and pulling over to the side of the road, possibly getting out and observing uh, the situation? How would you feel about that, Mike? Well, I think um, if they were, if they had the intent to come back and either record or video record or, to a lesser extent, just act as a witness, I'd be fine with that. I'd be, I'd be thankful for that. But I, can under- I, I think I agree that another car just suddenly showing up and parking and two or three people getting out would probably spook the cop, um, unnecessarily, but the cop doesn't know that. Um, I think what, what he did was just fantastic, and that is call when he recognized a friend in, you know, in danger of cop abuse and, 
And they did stop. I didn't even know any of this was happening until after the incident. They stopped and waited and made sure that the cop and I drove off separately. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I was not aware of that either. I think that anything that we can do that's above and beyond what the average person would do, would do, which is absolutely nothing, is good and a step in the right direction. And I think that, yes, that kind of behavior would spook a cop, but at the same time, I think there's some value in it. As long as you can do it cautiously and carefully... Uh, you know, you, man, I don't know how you would go about doing that cautiously and carefully. I don't know either, because they're going to pull a gun or, or get really. I, it would be very interesting to see what the police officer's response to that would be, because by that time it was only one car that pulled you over, right, Mike? Did they call in multiple cops at any point, or was it just the one car the whole time? Just the one. In fact, I was surprised. I thought when I refused to get out of the car when she ordered, she said sit tight and went to her car. I thought she was calling for backup, but well, she didn't. She probably was, but the guy wasn't home. I mean, it's Swansea, for God's sake. There's only one cop on duty. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, probably hardly anybody else there. But, and if it was a daytime situation, th- that you'd probably be able to get away with a little bit better. I mean, as far as having right. other people show up on scene, because ideally, if a cop is harassing somebody, you want to have more people there to witness it. If it's the cop that's going to harass somebody, I mean, if you got that cop, the, that same cop is going to uh, take that circumstance as a threat, a very serious threat. I understand that, Mark, but does that mean they're going to start shooting the people that pull over to the side of the road and get out of the car? If that they seems do, unlikely. If they do, what kind of trouble are they going to get in? Not much. Okay. Not much. So if it's a cop that will abuse people, and he's not going to get in much trouble yeah. for shooting people that pull over on the uh, that pull over to to observe on the side of the road, will he start shooting? I I really don't know, Mark. I, okay, but know, he could, right? Like he, he's, he very he's well an abusive could. cop, and and he uh, he wouldn't get any trouble for shooting people, right? Probably not. Don't pull over when your friends get pulled. Pull over I way down the road. No, I don't agree with your advice, Mark. I think you that may, we need to have people step... Maybe you can step... walk up you know, slowly or something like yeah. that from pulling way down the road, but... Yeah, whatever. Yeah, maybe that's a good idea. Pull 50 feet away and then start walking up or something <laughs> like that. Pull 50 yards away. You know, I find that female police officers tend not to be so much adrenaline junkies. Uh, the testosterone yeah, a little lower. Sense. And I just find them easier to deal with. Mike, any other thoughts for us tonight? Nova. <laughs> you get it. No, I don't. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, dude, thank you for uh, for being uh, so non-cooperative last night and having a success with it. It was a great example, I think, for a lot of people, and I thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. I think that uh, more people need to be paying attention to what the police are doing, and if that means pulling over and, and helping somebody else out who's been pulled over or, or offering assistance, you know, hey, do you want us to keep an eye on this? If not, then leave. If they do, then stick around and make sure everything goes smoothly. More on the way. You dial in. Bring up what you want. Government officials like to think they know better than the rest of us. They tell us what we can buy and when we can buy it. Everything from guns and booze to cold medicine and cigarettes. Now they've gone even farther. Cities across the country are now trying to tax and ban bottled water. That's right. Simple, no alcohol, no caffeine, no calorie bottled water. They say it's wasteful and buying it is, quote, stupid. But who are they to decide? If politicians decide you shouldn't even be able to buy bottled water, what's next? Visit us at enjoybottledwater.org and sign the petition to keep the nanny state out of our water bottles. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You dial toll-free. Bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including the wiki, the updates, the shrine, all free for you, freetalklive.com. Are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? If you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? 
You can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. We were just talking moments ago to a fellow Free Stater. We, uh, the three of us, by the way, that are on the show tonight are all Free State Project members. We've all moved here to New Hampshire within the last few years in order to achieve greater liberty in our lifetimes. And uh, I think we believe firmly that getting together with like-minded individuals all in the same geographic location will really help further that goal and will really make it a possibility. And I can definitely see that it's a possibility. There's so much going on here in New Hampshire that is just not happening anywhere else, uh, whether it's little things like what happened with Mike Barsky last night, just doing a little bit of uh, non-cooperation, or it's, you know, big, big, bigger things like, you know, the political system and trying to, uh, to change that from the inside. It's all happening here. So you can find the activism that suits you best. Maybe you're really, maybe you really dig civil disobedience. You'll find a, a tremendous crowd of support uh, for, uh, for civil disobedience here. You'll find uh, civil disobedience activists. You'll find supporters. We've got the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. And then again, there's, uh, as I mentioned, there's all kinds of Politico kind of things that are going on. I challenge you to find a liberty movement that is ex- is as exciting and as effective as the Free State Project. Half as exciting and half as yeah. effective. Yeah. 1-800-259-9231. So we continue with your phone calls. And go to Mike in New Jersey. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's on your mind tonight, Mike? Um, well, you mentioned before, and you know, your topic uh, for the last 20, 30 minutes has been this whole line between, uh, you know, respect and, like, submissiveness mm-hmm. when dealing with uh, the police specifically, but in general, like, authority, uh, authoritative figures, I guess. Sure. And, um, you know, I really think i, I got to give credit to Mike um, from New, New Hampshire with uh, that story about last night. Really, I think the most the thing you got to keep in mind most in a situation like that is always try and keep control of the situation and the conversation. You know, always keep like you were saying, always keep trying to ask those questions. Um, you know, make sure you you don't give them a chance to just kind of take over and domineer everything. If you're ever looking that, for a question, I think that's good advice. If you're ever looking for a question to ask, because sometimes it can be difficult to think on your feet, uh, especially if you haven't practiced at this, and uh, not many of us have the opportunities to practice this, and we'd be grateful to not be given them. Uh, but but if you d- if you don't know really how to to reword what a cop asks you into a question back at them, a good I think fallback question for anybody is. Am I free to go? That's always a good one to just throw out there. And the, <clears throat> am I being detained or That's am I one. under arrest? Yeah. What am I being pulled over for? Mike, other thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I, I was going to say I agree with that. But um, just to um, same kind of idea, I don't know if uh, I believe you guys have gotten calls from uh, other people in my area um, about uh, it's something kind of similar but not really has been going on at our uh, our school. Uh, I don't know. I, Alex calls in sometimes. He yep. talks to you guys. I know. Um, I think Dorian might have called in a few What's times. What's going on? Um, well, we wore the um, we wore nine eleven was an inside job T-shirts to our uh, our high school one day, and um, by second period of the day, we had all been called down to the uh, the disciplinarian's office. And uh, there's we somebody with a title, in. disciplinarian. What? There's somebody with a title, disciplinarian? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to New Jersey. God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How bizarre. And, and, and wait, um, what is the difference between a principal and a disciplinarian? 
Well, we've got our principal, we've got our vice principal, we've got um, we've got two disciplinarians actually because our school oh. has a, a fairly large student body. We have um, we have one for the uh, for specifically the um, the freshmen in our high school, and then we have one who deals with the sophomores, juniors, and seniors. You will do ten push-ups now. So this is just a, <laughs> this is just a dean, right? What's a dean? Um. Deans. Yeah, I guess you could call it that. Basically, handle discipline. <laughs> really? I thought a dean yeah. was like a principal, but another name for that's not another name for a principal. A I dean is in college. No, no, they they only have um, you know, they only really have power over the disciplinary part of it. But they all run in like the same circle. There's um, there's really like five of them who you know you see them walking around in the hallways all the time, and they're all like you know they power around school looking like they're uh, you know, hot stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, Hitler. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and. uh they um so they called us down, and the two of them, the two dis- the two with the uh, disciplinary title, took us both into a, a side office. And uh, at that point, they had myself and three, and then eventually four other students wearing the t-shirts down in the office. And um, they sat down and they told us, "Listen, um, you know, we don't want to talk about this. We're not giving you any options. Take them off, or you're suspended." That was what we were told. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, nobody really said anything. And I said, um, well, can I ask a question? And he goes, sure. Now, this is at, right after he said, by the way, we don't want questions. <laughs> okay. So, um, a lot of times it seems like they fall back on that. But, um, you know, I said, you know, what, why do you want us to take off the shirts? You know, why? was pretty much the basic question. And they were like, well, you know, people find it offensive. You know, I personally find it offensive. And with our school specifically, our entire administration, they base 90% of their decisions off their personal feelings and biases, which is completely ridiculous. Sure. You know, they say any shirt that is found offensive can be reported and we'll make a student remove it. And we actually ran some other experiments, I guess you want to call them, where we would, we would wear a normal T-shirt with no anti-popular opinion statement or anything on mm-hmm. it, and we would have a student report one of us. And we'd get called down, and never once were any of us made to take off the shirts. So Only they were the making arbitrary we decisions. Nine eleven was in the job shirt. So they were making arbitrary decisions as to what it is you should take off when they claimed that they would make anybody take off any shirt that somebody else found offensive. Exactly. Why don't you wear a shirt that says "Authority is good" <laughs> and see if they make you take that off? You know, by the way, just to interject here, uh, Mark, a dis- I looked up the definition of dean as opposed to disciplinarian, and uh-huh. no, they are not one and the same. They a dean not. is basically a school principal. A dean is the head of a faculty, school, administrative division of a university or college. Uh, synonyms there include president, uh, principal, administrator, whereas a disciplinarian is a person who enforces or advocates discipline. Synonyms there are czar, authoritarian, tyrant, bully, despot, master, stickler, and trainer. Well, funny, funny thing, uh, my uh, high school, the public high school that I went to had a principal, a vice principal, a dean of boys and a dean of girls. Interesting. And they were disciplinarians. <laughs> Got it. So what else did you have to share with us? Mike? Well, um, it just, you know, it, it seems kind of, uh, the whole thing was pretty much ridiculous, and we all knew that. But um, eventually we all took off the shirts because, you know, none of us wanted to get suspended. And right, we'd, already given, we'd already been given, um, you know, talks and stuff by our... Uh, my parents and stuff ahead of time. None of them really wanted us doing it, but we did it anyway. And uh, it, the the entire situation was just uh, 
it was ridiculous. The amount of hypocrisy that they imply in enforcing the rules in our school is disgusting. Yep, I, I remember you, that situation because Alex had called to tell us about it, and he actually had, uh, apparently had a voice recorder with him during the conference yeah. with the principal. He sent me the link to the uh, the voice recorder recording, and he held his own pretty good in that uh, in that conversation. He basically ended up. Uh, he basically pretty much told the, uh, the principal or disciplinarian or whoever he was that he didn't really want to obey and he wasn't going to, but because his mom basically begged him to, uh, he did. So he was doing it for his mom. He let that guy know that he was doing it for mom and not for him. He was uh, taking off the shirt because mom, you know, he still lives in mom's house. And so basically you're under mom's roof. Mom gets to set certain uh, certain rules for you. So that that right, I totally exactly. understood, and that's unfortunately where you are when you're in high school. And good luck getting out of there. Are you done after this year? Uh, no, I still got a couple uh, years left. Bummer. All right, man. Well, have fun with it, and let us know what happens as uh, things develop. Always interesting to hear from our listeners that are still uh, stuck in the government indoctrination camps and their adventures. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Live. Only moments remain. We'll try to sneak your call in if you make it now. 800-259-9231. You dial in, talk about whatever you want. That's the point of Free Talk Live. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You like this show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more internet listeners on board, and helping expose new people to the idea of freedom. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Amp.freetalklive.com. Speaking of the AMP call-in lines, we go to Sam from the Obscure Truth Network at obscuredtruth.com. When I answered the phone, Sam, you said you'd been arrested. I didn't ask you why because I wanted to find out on the air uh, what happened. Um, so, sorry, I'm a little shaken up. I was, I was walking into town today just to take care of some stuff. And, you know, we've been talking about messing with the parking meters and, like, doing the silicone thing, but I've read the laws, and if you do that and it's and the city can claim that they lose over $1,000 in revenue, then it's a felony charge. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't seem like a very good idea. Um, but there's the funeral home that's right there, on the road, and they put covers over all the parking meters. And, you know, I don't think it's fair that they would should get an exception. Um, so as I'm walking by, I just decided to grab a few of them and pull the covers off that say funeral home on them. Uh-huh. Oh, no. And then just I wasn't going to keep them or anything because that's not my property. So I just threw them kind of up by the funeral home there, and I went into town, didn't think anything of it. That was kind of fun. And uh, just did, took care of some stuff, and then walking back, this is probably 15 or 20 minutes later, there's the parking attendant lady there, there's two cops, and then there's like six or eight people standing outside. And I figure, uh-oh. He <laughs> I did it. Realized. He did it. <laughs> yeah, so I turned to go down a different street, go up the other way, and they see me and yell, stop. Oh, crap. Get and him! The two, 
cops come running over and they ask, you know, let me see some ID. And I, you know, was just walking into town. I kind of make it a point not to carry it. And I told them I don't have any ID to show you. And uh, then I had my phone, so I pulled that out to start a quick video so I can stream it to the Internet. Mm -hmm. And they immediately grabbed my wrist, throw it around, and put me in handcuffs. The phone falls to the ground. Oh, gosh. And then they take me and they keep asking questions, and I'm not answering them. And uh, they put me in the back of the car and eventually, I sit there for a few minutes. Eventually, two cops get in the front, and then one guy gets in the back. He's in a suit with me, and I thought, that's really strange. Why is why is are there strange. three people in this car? And uh, the, the guy, the, the, the cop driving puts it in drive and starts driving away. Uh, and he, they go, so you're not going to tell us who you are? And I said, I don't, I basically eventually just said no. And uh, the passenger said, well, that's okay. We know who you are. We're the blue light gang. You're Sam I am, aren't you? <laughs> Where's your green eggs and ham now, huh? Is this an April's Fool prank? This is serious. No, dude. you really did get arrested? <laughs> I'm yes. going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Mark's shaking his head. He believes that this is I uh, believe this is April Fool's. Oh, damn, you guys. You couldn't let me finish. Oh, <laughs> What's the punchline, man? Yeah, I want to hear the punchline. They were going to make me sing, and I was going to sing Culture Club. Do you really want to hurt me? Do you Do really want to make me cry? <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead. Tell I, yeah, I want to hear that. I want to hear that. Do it with the list. That the guy in the back, it was a, it was a cop, and it was a funeral for his aunt. So that's why they were so mad at me. I was so but, disappointed that you would uh, would have uh, taken someone's private property and no, done didn't something take, to it. Well, they moved it. <laughs> right. Well, that's still you're messing with somebody else's private property and I was like, "Oh, Sam, what were you thinking?" But you didn't do that and that's good. Good to know. I didn't. Nope. Uh, right. There's better ways to uh, affect change and it comes from changing people's minds, not from destroying property or buildings or hurting people or anything else. That's the way government solves problems and that's really an ineffective way to do it. Well you know? said, Sam. All right, Sam. Anything else you wanted to share? No, that was it. Thanks, Thanks for the call tonight. <laughs> All right, very good. You're Sam. I am, aren't you? 800-259-9231. He sounded really distraught when I answered the phone. He, well, so he sounded he, distraught on the, the phone there, but I yeah. can just see, you know, like, I don't know. Something in his delivery uh, set me off. I wasn't thinking of it at first, but then when you said... Yeah, there's something wrong. When you said April Fool's, and I'm like, yeah, there's something wrong here. Let's go and talk to Ed in Pennsylvania. Ed, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, this is about the uh, uh, speeding tickets uh, with uh, patrolmen. Yes, sir. Uh, A thing that a lot of people uh, do when they get pulled over is they panic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lots of times people are going the legitimate speed limit. I had an interesting situation happen with me on the Garden State Parkway in New Jersey. An officer pulled me over and said, oh, you're doing 81 miles an hour in a 65. I'm like, no, I'm not. And he said, well, I clocked you doing this speed. I'm giving you a ticket, blah, 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 blah. And I let him do his job. He wrote me a ticket. And I said, I would like to see your registration on the squad car. And he's like, excuse me? (laughs) I said, well, I said, your squad car is public property. I'm a taxpayer. I am subpoenaing 
the maintenance records on your squad car for faulty equipment. And he's like, well, you're entitled to do that. So he uh, let me write down his... Hello? Oh, I think we just lost him. Well, it was getting intriguing. I, it was, I found it hard to believe that maybe that was another April's rule. Uh, I found it hard to believe that a cop would just uh, hand over their registration to you, but it's an interesting approach. Ask the cop for there. You sure? I'll give you my registration as soon as you give me yours, officer. Gets my identification. Sure. You got some? It's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting approach. I mean, for instance, when the cops want people uh, want to ask you what your name is, I don't think it's unreasonable at all to return. I'll tell you. I'd be happy to tell you my name after you give me your business card. Because all cops are supposed to carry around uh, some form of business card identification. Many times they uh, they won't have it with them, but it's my understanding that they are supposed to have these things. And that way you can have that cop's name with you for later on in case something does go wrong. And then once they give you the, their card, you can tell them whatever you want to tell them. And the fake cops probably don't have business cards printed up either. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a, that's a, Odds are that is the truth. So, yeah, well, but when you ask the fake cops for their business card, that's when they pull the real gun on their hip. <laughs> that's a possibility too. All right, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. If we get Ad back, uh, we'll we'll give him a shot back so he can finish his story. Uh, in other news, speaking of the police, looks like the energy police are going to be out and about in the UK, according to the Daily Mail. Our movements are already being tracked by CCTV, speed cameras, and even spies in dustbins. Now snooping on the public has reached new heights, or lows, depending on how you look at it, with local authorities putting spy planes in the air to snoop on homeowners who are wasting too much energy. Thermal imaging cameras are being used to create color-coded maps, which will enable council officers to identify offenders and pay them a visit to educate them about the harm to the environment and the measures that they can take. Scheme is already underway in Norfolk, which has spent 30,000 pounds hiring a plane with a thermal imaging camera. It said the exercise has been so successful, other local cops... What's uh, successful about it? Successful uh, finding people that are wasting energy and going and, and, and harassing them? them? Yeah. I mean, 30,000 pounds, that's like 60 grand. I mean, what's successful? You've successfully wasted a bunch of people's money. How much energy did they uh, put into the gas tank of that plane flying around doing all that? Yeah. Critics have warned the crackdown was another example of local uh, government people extending their charter to poke their noses into every aspect of people's lives. That's what they do best. The aircraft took images of homes and businesses with those losing the most heat showing up as red, while better insulated properties appear blue. The council's head of environmental services said the original plan was to target businesses, but it was realized the scope could be extended to include residential properties. So immediately an extension of the program. Like before they even started the program, they expanded hey, you know their purview. What we could do? We could hassle regular folks too. Yeah. And how long will it be before it's just because right now they're showing up and giving you a stern talking to? Oh, how long is it going to be? You, whatever that might mean. Right. How long is it going to be before now you are the most energy wasting house on this block and you have uh, you've got ninety days. To make your house more energy efficient. Shape up. You know what? When those LED light bulbs come down in price, that's going to make a huge difference in energy consumption. They have come. Oh, LEDs. LEDs, right. Yeah. Because they use even less than the compact fluorescents. They've actually got something that's newer than LEDs now that is uh, like twice as bright. I don't know if it's more affordable or not, but they've got something that's even better. And LEDs are pretty amazing. It has been Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. So watch out for the energy cops. They might be coming to a neighborhood near you. And don't think that just because it's in the U.K. that it won't happen here. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.
We are going to be talking to author Joe Plummer. He is the author of Dishonest Money. And, Joe, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. How you doing, Ian? And Mark. Hey, Joe. Doing great, Joe. And yourself? I'm doing excellent. All right. Well, welcome to Free Talk Live. Uh, Dishonest Money, Financing the Road to Ruin. Dishonestmoney.com is the website. Yeah, Joe, you, um, aver- you, you advertised your book on the show, and I thought I'd give you the opportunity to sort of talk about the book uh, more in depth. I haven't been able to get all the way through it. I have uh, sort of read the, uh, the the back and front cover and gone through and kind of read the things that weren't the meat of it and um, looked at the front of the chapters, but I haven't uh, I haven't gone all the way through it. But I, I thought you'd, I'd give you an opportunity to talk to the listeners, kind of entice them, and uh, tell them about Dishonest Money. That's excellent. Uh, the, the main purpose of the book is to draw people's attention to how much power our monetary system puts in the hands of those who created and control that monetary system. So one of the examples that I like to give when, when I'm speaking to people who aren't very familiar with it, like say, for instance, I were to say to you, Ian, you know, you're interested in liberty. You're interested in furthering the cause of liberty. How much power would you have if today I gave you the exclusive right to simply print all the money that you wanted to further the causes that you were interested in? How long would it take before you, with that power, uh, how long would it take you to, to assemble literally an army of people? I mean, just tomorrow you could probably find how many liberty-minded individuals who would be happy to be paid, say, I don't know, quit the job they have now and be paid $50,000 a year to work on uh, forming some de-legislative body, all right? And then then just continuing on with that process over time, how much power you, you would be able to accumulate because you were able to print out of nothing what everybody else has to work for and earn. Amazing. Right. So a lot of times people, like, for instance, if they hear the Rothschild quote where he says, permit me to issue and control the money of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws, the the gravity of that statement is lost on them because it's hard for them, because most people aren't tyrannical, and or, or they don't think much, when they think of money, they don't think much beyond, you know, the paying their bills or maybe buying a new car or something like that. They mm-hmm. don't think of it as literally a weapon that can be used to to control others. Right. It's so, the most insidious uh, of all taxes. I mean, the inflation tax, basically what we're talking about here, where, uh, for those that don't know, maybe listening for the first time tonight, how would you define inflation? a way to secretly confiscate the wealth of, of the people who are forced to use that currency. So this, again, is, is one of the primary points of the book. It's to make the Federal Reserve System something that's very easy to understand. Uh, a lot of people know the Fed is bad because they've heard it, but they don't really understand how it was conceived, uh, you know, that it was conceived in secret, and the legislation was actually authored by the very people who the, uh, the, the legislation was supposed to control. I mean, that's about as bad as it gets. You could imagine if we had, like, defense contractors writing our nation's foreign policy. <laughs> that isn't a real good idea, is no, it? No, it's not. I wonder how many people would think that it was a good idea, but uh, I, it's, it's a terrible idea. Of now, course it is. And, and, and so, you know, most people could understand, all right, well, obviously people who profit from war would be happy to write our nation's foreign policy because they would be able to write it in such a way that immeasurable profits went into their hands at the expense of everybody else. Well, 
take the same concept and apply it to our monetary system. These financial elites gave themselves this exclusive power to print something that everybody else has to earn, and with that power, they're able to control everything. So if you would say, like, let's say, for instance, there's the military elite, and there's an intellectual elite, and there's a corporate elite, and there's a political elite, at the top of all of that are the financial elite, right, because the, they control the one thing that all of the other elite have to have. Right, the money-printing elite. <laughs> yes, the ones, who, the ones who control the one thing that everybody needs. So one of the, one of the things, again, in the book, I, I try to make the Federal Reserve System very easy to understand. I go through all of the things that, you know, maybe create just a vague impression in people's minds, like, bank runs and currency drains and uh, inflation and deflation and, and, and all of this other stuff. But what I, what I really try to point people towards is this idea that regardless of what it is that the government's doing that you're against, it all comes down to the money. So before we can affect change, that is the one thing that we have to control. We have to control the money because as long as the government can simply take whatever it wants, either directly or indirectly, we're never going to be able to control it. Just like if Ian could print all the money that he wanted. There might be a lot of people who were against the things that Ian was starting, right? And each time Ian started something new, then there would be a group that tried to swat down or fight whatever he was doing. Well, that's fine. he just print some more money and do something else. And again and again and again, it's swatting at the leaves versus uh, striking at the root. Of what the problem is. What do you now, what do you suggest? I mean, uh, dishonest money. Obviously, uh, people want to go and read your book, but can you give us kind of a hint at, uh, at what it is that might uh, might be the solution to this situation? Nobody should have the right to print money out of thin air, for starters. I mean, that we should have competing currencies, and there should be no monopoly on this on this uh, on this right to create money because of the problems. As good of a, a person as you may be, it would just be a matter of time if you got that power before it went bad. I mean, I believe that. I think, well, I'm not the only one who believes that. The founders believe that. Anybody who studied it has believed that because the power that would grow up around it would be just too easy to corrupt. Now, I'm looking at your website, dishonestmoney.com, and I'm seeing a link to Downsize DC. There's a, there's a link up at the top left, Restore Honest Money. It takes you to a page that talks about Downsize DC's uh, plan to support Ron Paul's Honest Money Act, and it yeah. gives you a link to you can go and you can take action on that. That's one thing that you can do, but I'm curious as to maybe some other alternative options. Uh, are you familiar with the Liberty Dollar? I am familiar with the Liberty Dollar. So you also and think, there, I, but I'm also familiar with the fact that the federal government, using its power, is currently harassing them. Are they right. not? They stole in two, back in 2007. They raided their home office and stole lots and lots of gold and silver and uh, precious metals, and they haven't given it back. And it's really crippled. But they're still operating. They managed to co- to come back from it, and you know they got some contributions from people, and they're still they're still operating. In fact, they may become an advertiser with us again here soon. But, uh, but, but that said, do you feel like maybe the uh, the private money model that you're talking about should be more decentralized, perhaps, than the Liberty Dollar was? Like having uh, the 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 money in, in different locations as opposed to in all in one home office or something like that? What what do you think the solution is to protecting the existing people that are willing to put up their money and, and risk their freedom to offer these alternative currencies? I think our first step is that we have to work on 
what the government can do to everybody. So, I mean, I know what you're saying. You're saying, all right, should we be able to do these things? Of course we should be able to do these things. But as long as there is this elite group of individuals who can just keep using stolen money to find soldiers to go kick in people's doors and steal everything that they have and then prosecute them in courts that are filled with people who are funded by the same ill-gotten gains, I don't know that there is a solution. Well, <laughs> Does I mean, that make sense? There's, it, it, it's kind of tough to, to think of. I mean, let me, let me, okay, let me go back to the you have the power. What would you do to protect it if you had it? What if you were the only person who had that power? Would you not do everything that you could possibly do to make sure that you maintain control of that power exclusively? If I were and a power-mongering sicko, sure. Well, yeah. That's what they so are. That's what I'm saying. Even, or let's say it was for the good. Again, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt, even though we know better. But we'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say that this is really, this is, you know, hey, we're going to take control of the school system because we want to teach kids about the dangers of, of tyrannical government and all these other things. But we might not teach them about the dangers of not understanding how money works because, after all, it's our secret knowledge of how money works and, and how inflation works and all these other things that we derive all our power from. So we certainly want, wouldn't want to fund anybody knowing anything about that. It's just, um, for me, it, it, all, it all comes down to that. And, and if everybody, you know, all of the people who are against, you know, uh, Obama's new, whatever this thing he's trying to create where there's going to be how many million civilian defense force the yeah. national security or the uh, national service or slavery program right he needs money to do it whoever is against the new bureaucracies that they're trying to create to get into everybody's business with regard to what they can buy or sell or grow on their own property they need money to do it whatever uh, to fund the war on drugs they need money to do it all of these legitimate things that everybody is so upset about all requires money and if we had control of the money they couldn't do it right if we for instance withheld uh, taxes and we had control of the money then they couldn't do anything in fact that's the way things used to be before the fiat currency was installed people could protest the government by not paying them and then there was little the government could do about that but now as you say they can just print out as much as they need it doesn't even matter if if uh, on april 15th all americans decided they were just going to not send anything into the irs it wouldn't matter one bit to the feds because they could just print out what the, whatever it is that they needed it's very frustrating Absolutely, or they can borrow it from countries that might not have our best interests in mind, which is the one other element of government funding that should not be there. Now, Joe, your book, so, uh, um, your, your, your book uh, explains to people how the, the Federal Reserve System works and all that. And, you know, I've, I've studied this as much as I possibly can, and I, I, I find conflicting information on things like how does the money get introduced into the uh, you know the the system, um, where you know how does the Federal Reserve inject money in? Um, also, I you know do banks themselves you know like the Bank of America or um, you know your your local credit union or whatever do they benefit from um, you know, fiat currency in the same way that the Federal Reserve does by being able to say, lend nine times what they get in deposits and, and things like that. Does your book go into the stuff like that? 
It absolutely goes into all of that. Basically, the people who authored the Federal Reserve System also owned, uh, well, they, they were the commercial banking sector. So some will argue, for instance, that the Federal Reserve turns over all excess profits to the federal government, so that well, whatever excess profits are, and like we even know that any of that is true, and the people who work there are paid ridiculous amounts of money, and obviously that's funded by what? Taxes, because they'll say it's self-funded because it's paid with interest that it earns, but where does the money for the interest come from but from us? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these are all like kind of convoluted yes. side issues, but the reality of it is the real money is made at the commercial level through these through through this system that allows them to just loan money into existence out of thin air. And that's another thing that I absolutely get into because that's where the real real power comes from. That's where all the real quote profits come from. And just the idea of the fact that our that the one thing that our entire economy depends on Every single dollar that our economy depends on has to be loaned into existence. That is a very hard yes. concept for people to get their minds around. Can you explain that briefly? Th- I know it's tough, it's, but can yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's one thing. Let's, let's talk about fiat currency. Let's just say that the government is going to just print money and then spend it into existence. Okay? That's yeah. bad enough. The amount of power that would accumulate around the people with the printing presses and, you know, the lobbying that would take place there, you can imagine. But the one way to make that worse is to make it debt money. So, because if they print the money and then they spend it into existence, that money is in existence and people can exchange it and the economy can run, and, and that's, you have this money out there. Right. But when, it's, when it is only loaned into existence, that money, if, any, if, if, the, if the recipients of that money, so in this case we will say the people are the recipients, the economy is the recipient of that money, the economy can never escape debt because just as there was no money until it was loaned into existence, when that money is repaid, that money disappears. It, it disappears back into the inkwell, back into the keyboard from which it sprang. So, yes, I go into this, and this is, again, it's a hard thing for people to get their mind around, but an easy way to look at it would be, like, say, for instance, I'm a bartender, I'm at the, I'm at the bar, and, you know, Mark and Ian and a couple other guys are sitting around, and you, and you come to me and you say, Joe, you know, we, we heard about this thing called money. We hear you know something about it, and we want to start an economy. We want to run this economy. I say, okay, that's no problem. What do you got to sell me? And you, you got a peanut, and someone else has a nail, and someone else has a, you know, I don't know, a, a good-looking stone or whatever. So I, I buy those things off of you. Mm-hmm. And now you guys have money. It's real money now, even though I created it out of nothing, and I got something for nothing, which isn't cool, but whatever. You guys have that money, and you can go out and you can run your economy without involving me anymore. But if I say I will loan you a dollar for your peanut, and I will loan you a dollar for your nail, and I will loan you uh, a dollar for that pretty stone or whatever, now I get to forever, for as long as any of that money exists, siphon productivity off of your economy in the form of interest payments, and if you ever figure out what's going on and say, you know what, what the hell's going on here? Why are we giving this guy this, you know, these interest payments? Why, why are we uh, letting him you know, siphon productivity off our economy? If you ever try to pay me back, what happens? 
The only way you can pay me back is to give back everything that I loaned you, and then you won't have any money anymore. And that's what will happen, from my understanding, having heard this, uh, something similar, and I think you're doing a great job of, uh, of explaining it, yeah. but having heard this before, just to bring this home, if all of the debt that the federal government has was paid off, like that $10 trillion or $11 trillion debt that they have right now, there wouldn't be any more money left, right? If all of the debt, if every dollar-denominated deposit account, savings account, and hard, all, everything that's dom- denominated in dollars, if all of the debt was paid, correct, there would be no dollars in existence because every dollar has been loaned into existence. Now, they do have the ability to monetize other debt at this point, so in other words, if the government isn't borrowing enough money into existence, the Fed now can pretty much it can monetize a foreign nation's debt if it wants to. So in other words, a foreign nation can draw up a bond and the Fed can monetize that, meaning create money out of nothing from that debt. But the bottom line is, is every single dollar is, is tied to debt. That's why it's called a Federal Reserve note, because yes. it's evidence of debt. Yeah, every, every single dollar that exists is tied to debt, and it gives them absolute control over our economy. Everybody knows bad things happen when economies go bad. So regardless of how many politicians really understand how this whole thing works, they do understand that really, really bad things happen when the economy starts to break down and, you know, the bread and circus isn't working anymore and because mm-hmm. people can't feed themselves and, and all that other stuff. So that's it, – it, it's just – it's a brilliant system. It's brilliant, but it's horrible. <laughs> Joe, um, it's you brilliant know. From, the, from the perspective of how much power and control it gives them, but then to argue the other side, which needs to be argued, it, it can't be allowed to exist. It's horrible. It's what creates all of these problems that we, we're so against. Joe, I haven't been able to, in doing a radio show, uh, you know, where we talk about these subjects, and we've been talking about the Federal Reserve and fiat currency since 2004, 2005. Um, I haven't been able to get a, a, a concise answer on a lot of these questions that you've brought up that you um, apparently have written about in your book, and you've made me want to read it. So I'm going to, you know, I am going to read your book so that I know about it. And, you know, if anybody else gets in conversations with people about this subject and you've kind of felt like, well, I don't know, I can't exactly explain how money gets in introduced and how the Federal Reserve is so insidious this book. and how each one of these, uh, uh, you know, each one of these banks is complicit in this, uh, you know, this this crime that's going on, um, then well, you should read this book and you should give the book to somebody else. By the way, you can get the book over at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Uh, buy new prices, fifteen ninety nine right now at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. When you enter through that link, FreeTalkLive will get a cut of the purchase price. Uh, so, Joe... Just as a, as a, I guess, a related issue to what we're talking about here, when Mark gave me your phone number to dial you up tonight for the interview, I noticed that it was a 603 area code, and I thought, oh, wow, this, this guy is uh, in, uh, in New Hampshire. And this guy is in New Hampshire in large part, if not totally, because of the Free State Project. Really? So I imagine that's where you're going with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never, offici- I never officially joined. Uh, I've been here, though, when I was looking for a place... It's a, when I was ready to leave Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, I was looking all over the place for, for some state in the union where they seemed to actually still understand the concept of limited government and why that was important and everything else. And I came across this site called the Free State Project. And uh, honestly, I had never even considered New Hampshire. And then I just started reading about it and the mm-hmm. idea and then started looking into the fact that they have no state income tax here. 
and they have no sales tax here, and as a result, they, of course, don't have any of the bureaucracy that goes along with it yep. here. And, 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 it, and uh, absolutely, yes, that, that was, uh, if I had to say, I would, I, I would go so far as to say it was because of the Free State Project that I wound up here, and I absolutely love it here. So, so are you one of those uh, guys that it just doesn't like to sign up for things? Is that the reason you didn't join the Free State Project? <laughs> reason why I have never officially joined it, yes, because I, I came up here and I was like, okay, well, I've got all this other stuff that I'm paying attention to and all these other things, but I'm here ready to, to support it kind of from the outside. So, for instance, donating money to the Free State Project, which I have done, attending their events and all of that other stuff. Oh, but I probably should just go ahead and, I mean, it isn't that big of a deal to just sign up for it. But I, I believe you guys got my table at the last Free State uh, event. The, the 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 Liberty Forum. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, Keith, I think Keith said he was going to give it to you guys. I he was did. There. I bought the one hundred dollar table to kind of help out. It was the the eight foot table, and then I said, okay, we'll make it smaller because it's too big, and these guys can't get in and out of here. And then uh, and then uh, the next day, I said, well, do you have somebody who could use it? And he said, absolutely. I said, well, go ahead and give it to somebody. I, did you guys end up with that table or? It's my understanding that uh, that we did. I was not uh, handling okay. the the products at that particular event. But if I didn't get a chance to meet you at that uh, at that event, uh, hopefully you'll be at the Porcupine Freedom Festival coming up in the summertime, and uh, we'll get to have you in on the show again. Yeah, I, I will be there. But yeah, I wasn't there when you guys got it. I actually went the okay. first day, and then I said, "Well, do you have somebody who could really use this?" Because I was just there with my books, and again, I I more or less bought it to to help support them. You sure. know. And, and I said, well, is, you know, is there someone else? And I think Keith said, yeah, absolutely, and I, and I think it was you guys, but whatever. Uh, you Great. know, hopefully you did, and if not, somebody, somebody else. Before you go, Joe, I just wanted to ask, what made you want to write the book? I mean, what was the... I didn't want to write it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to write it. The only reason I wrote it is because I had spent so many years researching it, and everything that I came across was just so needlessly complicated. Yes. There, there wasn't anything that explained things simply, and that's because the majority of the stuff that was written has been written by economists, and most economists, first of all, they're not writers, and secondly, they don't understand that the language that they use is is like legalese. It they really is don't. tough. I mean, I, speaking yeah. as a guy who's gone and, and I've looked for this, this sort of information, and I mean, just searching for it means that you have to cull through all kinds of information you don't want. But so if you want to just go and learn about how fiat mer- um, money is in, injected into the economy, you can't. It's just not that easy. If you dedicate an hour to looking, you're not going to be, you need, what you need to do is you need to dedicate a week, and I don't have that kind of time um, you know, or that level of interest. So I really do need an, a book that easily puts the, the information I need, you know, right there. I hope uh, I sincerely, you know, Jim Babka from Downsize DC just gave me an excellent endorsement on the book. Oh, great. Uh, G. Edward Griffin, Creature from Jekyll Island, gave me an endorsement on the book. You don't have, you can't um, get too many better endorsements than those. <laughs> no, no. So, and that's going to be on the reprint. I've, I've got them post-first printing. So the reprint's going to have those on the back cover. But, uh, you know, hopefully one of you guys can read it. And, and, and if you believe in it and you, you believe as well that this is very helpful and made things simple, then I'd, I'd love to have an endorsement from you because ultimately uh, I really truly believe people need to understand this subject. 
I think it's really the heart of where our battle is. Yeah, well, you've got my commitment to begin reading it, Joe. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's short, you know. It's, it's only it's, it's yep. under a couple hundred pages. I did so look at it, and I, you know, I checked out the printing and all that stuff, and I, you know, I intended to get to it, and it didn't look. To, it looked like it had a lot of good information in it, but then I figured, well, I'm going to be talking to him, so I might as well just, uh, you know, see what he has to say about it before and, I. Fair and enough. Joe, it's good to know that you're here in New Hampshire and that you're excited about the Free State Project. Great to have you on our side, and I'm sure that the fact that you're just here in New Hampshire and a, and a uh, interested party is going to drive some more people to the book. Dishonestmoney.com is the website. You can go to Amazon.freetalklive.com and order the book through there. Uh, dishonestmoney.com again is your site, and hopefully uh, we'll talk to you again maybe this summer uh, live from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I think that could be kind of fun. And uh, let's see what else we want to cover here tonight. Uh, oh yeah, th- sign up for the Free State Project when you get a chance. That way mm-hmm. uh, we can roll that counter, that uh, moved counter up just by one I'll more. I'll do because... it today. I'll do it. Do I get to sign my wife up too? Yeah, yes. you better believe it. If she moved with you, yeah, <laughs> only if she's here. <laughs> hey Joe, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Great to be with you. Good talking Thank to you, Joe. Thank you. Are you tired of feeling like you can't keep up with, let alone fight, the never-ending increases in government power? How do we, in one step, eliminate all these abuses and prevent them from returning again? The answer is simple. We must control the money. If it weren't for the Federal Reserve System and the so-called income tax, our government could have never become what it is today. Elite financier Rothschild arrogantly admitted, Permit me to issue and control the money of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws. That statement says it all. If others control the money, we cannot limit government growth or power. Under our current monetary system, we are slaves to the financial elite. Take the time to learn how this corrupt system works. Purchase a copy of Dishonest Money today. Learn the system, fight it, and abolish the one scam that funds all the rest. Dishonest Money. Available at Amazon or DishonestMoney.com. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.